Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real. Goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Sports Talk live on YouTube. Big thank you for those of you listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us. And Ben, Ben Greenberger, Benny, Greeny, whatever we're going to call you. Welcome oh, back. Greeny's, Greeny's a different guy. That's that's not me. I mean, no relation. No relation. No but, relation. You know, always, always glad to, you know, just hang out a little bit, you know. I'm already doing the Chris Collinsworth voice. I'm 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 ready for football. Oh, are you, are you, well, are you ready for some football? I know we are. I know we're all are. Ben, so we're gonna get to our season predictions, our records, and all that jazz in a minute. I just want to start off by asking you, what are some of the most important or intriguing storylines, or, or or just just uh, thoughts you have on this season, like going into this season, because it's starting soon. It starts next week. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just locked in on football all the time. Um, one of my favorite things to always watch is uh, coaches who get fired. So you usually get a sense before the season starts of who's already on the hot seat. And you could already just start rattling off names. You know, Matt Nagy's probably on the hot seat. You Big know, time. you know that uh, Nick Sirianni, even though he just got hired, is doesn't really have any clue what he's oh, did doing. You watch his, did you watch his press conference? Like, a deer in the fucking headlights, that guy. I feel so I watched, bad for him. I watched it about six times because it was it was that <laughs> insane. And you when you see a guy talking like that, you know right off the bat, this guy, even though it's his first year, thinks he could get fired at any moment. So he's going to be making some moves throughout the season to just try to keep his job. I don't know why. I'm, I'm fully expecting there to be some quarterback controversy in Philly. I'm pretty we'll sure talk we'll talk about that because there, there is going to be one in, in Philly if 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 one person has anything to say about it. Yeah, uh, you know the other name that I was thinking that's probably going to be on the hot seat because uh, any coach or that that plays for this team is always on the hot seat. Your boy, your favorite coach in the NFL, Mike McCarthy, dude. I'm telling you, man, Dak is back. He's healthy. He still got some shoulder issues, but a relatively healthy Dak is here. And if Mike McCarthy fucks around and, you know, they barely make the play, if they don't, barely don't make the playoffs again, dude, I think you're going to see that guy go. Cause like, look, he's, he, he was, he was a, he, he was like iffy to begin with his whole, his whole like bullshit where he, he was in this man cave of football for a year where he just watched football and, and, and watched offenses and defenses and learned from them. It was apparently all bullshit. Like, like they, they found out that he was just kind of sitting there bullshitting, uh, like just, just eating like, you know, Subway sandwiches or whatever they do up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I think he's majored in a hot seat. I think Jerry Jones is impatient. He understands he's old. He is. Have you seen the dude? God bless him. Eh, iffy, iffy on that too. But um, <laughs> but you know he's 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 not getting any younger. The dude wants to win a Super Bowl, and you gotta think: Is Mike McCarthy the guy to do it? No, uh, that's my short <laughs> answer to that, and and <laughs> it's gonna lead me into a little bit more about uh, Hard Knocks because I made it through about two episodes of Hard Knocks. It was not the best season that I've seen. Um, I I gave up on it, but what I did get from it is basically what I already knew. Mike McCarthy's not a very inspiring head coach. Um, he and Jerry Jones don't like each other that, or they don't get along that well. He's not Jerry's kind of guy. Uh, Jerry would rather be down there coaching the team himself. I would love to see Jerry do that as like his uh, final bucket list thing, because I think Jerry is very close to coming to grips with the fact that he's not going to win another Super Bowl before he dies. He looks worse every day, uh, just year over year. He's, 
just skin peeling whole deal. Um, oh yeah. But but on top of that, I was kind of expecting McCarthy to get fired last year just because like Jerry doesn't seem like a guy who's going to stick with a mistake for that long. Uh, and I know he kept Jason Garrett around for like nine years or whatever, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, McCarthy goes into the season on the hot seat, if he makes a couple weird decisions in terms of Dak, I wouldn't really be surprised if he benches Dak at some point, if they're not winning, like Stop. The, that would, so, oh. so wait, 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 this is, you have to understand these, this is why I like watching coaches that are on the hot seat because you know, who's on the hot seat before the season starts and you can already start to predict what moves they're going to make to try to save their job as the season goes on. Firing coordinators usually comes first. Then that goes to uh, changing quarterbacks. And if all else fails, um, they usually just kind of ride out the season and just like switching quarterbacks in and out, um, changing up anything they can on the offense. They just say, we're going to try to establish the run. Like there's a lot that starts to happen that is so predictable with these coaches that get put on the hot seat. Um, And it's, it's just fun to expect it because you know exactly what's going to come. And you pretty much already know the guys that are going to be doing that stuff. So I'm looking forward to all that comedy. You're just looking forward to watching the world burn, watching the world of football just burn. And 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 I mean, I'm lean. I'm looking forward to some of that too. I'm looking forward to whatever the fuck the uh, the the, the sorry the New York Jets are going to do this year because I have a very hot take about that team that we'll get to later in the show. But let's start off, Ben. Uh, by previewing the divisions in the NFL this year. And let's start with my favorite division, also somehow my least favorite division because all my least favorite teams happen to be in it, the AFC North. So the AFC North was won by the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. They went 12-4, and four, and we actually had three, count them, three playoff teams from this division last year who made the playoffs and... Two of those teams actually advanced past their first game. The Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens, ironically, were the wildcard teams, and they were able to do that. Pittsburgh weren't, wasn't able to make it past the wildcard round, even though they started the season 12-0 or 11-0. So that shows you kind of where that team's at. Big Ben, there's questions about his health. There's questions about how much he has left in the tank. There's questions about how much longevity he can have in an, a 17-game season. So... The questions are are just just popping out for the Steelers. On the flip side, the Baltimore Ravens, they have a lot of questions at receiver. They have a few receivers starting the season um on IL on the on the physically unable to perform list. Cleveland Browns, they're trying to get better. Hopefully they'll have uh, Odell back and the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor, God bless them. Um yeah. That's a guy. That's a hot seat guy, right? That off is, the bat, that I can is tell a, you Zach and, Taylor. It, it, is, about him. it is by no fault of his own, though. It, but poor Zach Taylor. He did. He, he, yeah. Anyway, Ben, uh, I want you to do it. We'll take a look at our, our predictions right here. Uh, why don't you just take us through your predictions right here? Well, why do you explain this? Explain this, this fuckery you have going on. <laughs> so, look, <laughs> my brain has not yet seen a 17 game season. All right. So I'm, what I'm doing is, you know with your gut what a team's record is going to be when you look at them preseason, right? You can say, you know, that's a 10 and 16. That's a 9 and 17. That team's going nowhere 3 and 13. What is 3 and 14? What is 10 and 7? I, I, don't, I don't understand this. I can't comprehend this yet. 
So just as a uh, little like preamble to all of my division rankings, whatever you want to call them, as we go through these tonight, it's all going to be based on 16 games. And I just tacked on a tie at the end because I was I was not going <laughs> to worry about figuring out where to put that extra game. I, I just don't know what to do with it. Honestly, but, it's probably better than my system. All I did was I just I wrote out the I wrote out my predictions as if it was 16 games. And then I looked at the team and I was just like a plus or a minus. And I was like, all right, so if they're good. I'm going to add one if they're if I know they're bad, I'm going to take one away. Like that that so I mean, look, it, it's who knows? <laughs> who knows yeah. what it's going to look like? Like cuz you're right. We were talking about that. I was like, what the fuck does a 10 and 17 mean? Like no no idea. No idea. Yeah, I, um, I was saying. I was like 8 and 8, I know. 7 and 9, I know. 8 and 9, I have no clue what that looks like. If you if you like I I need to see it a couple times. I need a 17 game season a few times before I can get into the hang of like all right, that's what an 8 and 9 team is. That's right. what a 10 and 17 is. I haven't seen it yet, therefore I don't know, and I'm probably going to do the same thing next year because I've only going to I'm only going to have seen a 17 game schedule once at that point. Anyway, also just a full disclaimer, I did not do math on this. I don't know if this works out like I could have the oh, NFL no, that... like yeah, no. Yeah, I, full disclaimer on these. These are just what we think uh like these division like like the these are what we think these teams are. Like these are just like team by team. I did not look at schedules. This is purely based off feel and I, I look, I've got a pretty good feel last year just purely based off feel, just going records. I think I got like 80% of the playoff teams right. So, look, take it or leave it. You you're getting good picks right here. This is good info. All right, Ben. Um, a, all right, Ben. AFC North. Go. All right. So you see my list right there. Uh, unless you're listening, if you want me to explain it to you, I have the Browns at 11, 11 and five, uh, the Steelers at 10 and six, the Ravens at nine and seven, and the Bengals at six and 10. As I said, I don't think the Bengals are going to be going that far this year just because the roster is not good. I'm worried about Jamar Chase. I love LSU. I've been a big Joe Burrow guy. I still believe in Joe Burrow. I think he's going to have a great bounce back here. I'm very worried about Jamar Chase. I don't know if he's got like the drops he's right now. I don't know if he's going to figure it out, but I think he had four drops in the preseason and only one catch and they were bad drops too. So uh, I hope he figures it out. Um, if not, they've got some pretty good other targets up there, but it's, it's not enough. That team is not deep enough to uh, win enough games this year to be competitive. Maybe in the future. I think this is Zach Taylor's last year in Cincy. Uh, move on to a guy that Joe Burrow can like. Other teams. All right. Baltimore, I had at nine and seven. I think it's going to be a little bit of a step back here for Lamar Jackson. Everybody keeps saying that's going to happen. You know what? I'll I'll buy into it. I don't care. Uh, needed a, I needed a team to take a slide back this year, and I think it's going to be Baltimore. I know that they've always uh, been pretty good and made the playoffs, but they still don't have a true receiver. They lost J.K. Dobbins yesterday. Defense is still very good. They're going to be competitive. They're going to have some tough games, but... I don't think that they're a playoff team this year and it's going to be a strange off season. And there's going to be a lot of hot takes flying around about whether to pay Lamar or not. Um, but yeah, okay. That's, that's I need my you. Okay. Okay. Get to the one that everyone really wants to know. What the, what is this fuckery of you having the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 10 and six and one like with, with what is this Ben? Why? This is, this is a, uh, they're doing it for Ben year. And I, I, <laughs> he's, he's look, I, I saw him pump faking. He was on a diet this off season. He's coming in. Uh, we got, we got a new Ben this year and I think he's going to take him to the playoffs. They've got some, uh, I don't know, maybe Juju won't fall off a milk crate uh, yet, but 
Um, I don't know, Claypool coming back. They've got a, they still have a pretty good defense. And, and Mike Tomlin isn't a loser. Like that guy just finds a way to win. He, he has winning teams year over year. Um, and there's a reason that he's been there for like 15 years now. Um, and then I guess first place Cleveland, 11 and five. I think a lot of people are expecting them to take that next step this year. Um, I don't know how much talent they have or how much further they can go than where they were last year. Um, but I think 11 and five is a pretty solid uh, spot for them. They're going to, they're going to run the ball. They have Odell back. I don't think they should get away from running the ball. They run the ball very well. Um, but, you know, their, their defense is still pretty solid as well. So I, I still think they're a playoff team this year. And I think with just the way this division is going to shake out, it's going to be competitive. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to really separate from any of the other teams. And I think Cleveland's just going to be the one that has the most talent at the end. So that's my take on the AFC North. So I'm going to explain to you why everything you just said was complete hogwash and 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 wrong. So okay, you're you're, you're talking to my gut here. You're talking to my gut I, here. My hey, gut well, you, is, well, you, is you pretty need good. To feed, you need you need to feed that thing something, man. It is hungry. It doesn't know what it's saying. It's delusional because I don't understand. The down year for the Baltimore Ravens was last year. The down year for Lamar Jackson was last year. Coming off of that MVP season where he led the league in touchdowns, where he where he threw for for nearly 3000 yards and ran for 1200 yards. So I I again, again, the, the, I just want to put it out there. I'm a Ravens fan. Of course I'm biased, <laughs> but I don't care. It's my fucking show. And the Ravens are going to go 13 and 4 or whatever that means. <laughs> like whatever yes, they're going to go 13 and 4 this year because Lamar Jackson has taken I think that step in the offseason in the right direction. He's going to learn from the mistakes he made last year and a lot and he even explained it in, in during during the preseason a little bit about why some of the things that went wrong last year happened. He was a little inconsistent throwing down the field because there were a lot of times where he didn't feel like he had the the the, the receivers or he or he had that chemistry with the receivers or, or that it, or that had the ability to be in sync with his receivers throwing the ball downfield. They've had and COVID kind of played a part in that, also because they didn't have an offseason training, uh, uh, not training camp, but they didn't have offseason practices to begin the training camp season. And then, you know, that kind of bled in and it, they lost chemistry. That That's what it was. And Lamar going into this year, the league still has not figured him out. People can say, oh, oh, Lamar, he's just another running quarterback. It's a matter of time before people figure him out. Well, they were saying that last year after his MVP season, and he still ran for 1,000 yards and threw for 26 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So I don't want to hear it. I'm done hearing th this bullshit about, oh, Lamar Jackson can't do it. He can't win the big one. He can't play in this league. He can play, and he's a great quarterback. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. He's the most efficient quarterback for his age in NFL history. That's just real take truth. So I again I I I I get I guess why there is this bias against Lamar Jackson. I actually did a video about that earlier on this week. Check that out in the archives. But I think the Ravens are going to take that step forward. They have a great defense. They still have Mark Andrews, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. They have a I don't care if J.K. Dobbins is injured. Gus Edwards is a monster. He is a bust. They got Jalen Hill, who was also drafted in the fourth round two years ago. He's got some potential. And I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be fine. The Pittsburgh Steelers, though, will take a step back. And you, you got something to say, bud? 
My, my comment on Lamar Jackson, you, you mentioned him not having that chemistry with receivers last year being an issue. I mean, they, their top two receivers this year are the guys that they're expecting to be their top two receivers this year. Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman, neither of them were there last year. I mean, Hollywood Brown's still a target, but at the same time, he's, he's had some drop issues and you can only really play him close to the line of scrimmage. And I, I don't know. I think if you're a team that relies heavily on the run, just expecting your number two running back to pick up the slack and putting a ton of like strain on your starting quarterback to run. I feel like that's not going to help them this year. Our number uh, two running backs, one of the most efficient ru- running running backs in the NFL over the past three years. Gus Edwards hasn't had a season where he hasn't had at least 600 yards rushing in the past three, three years. He's been in the league. Like he, like he's not a, he's not just, you know, some scrub they picked off off the streets. I just want to make that clear. Gus right. Edwards is, he, he runs through people. They call him, there's a reason they call him the Gus bus. Cause well, I think anybody named Gus gets called the butt. That's just well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, he also he also like carries people with him. He's a, he's one of those big burly backs, but he's also fast. But again, I get I get your skepticism. You know, you 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 just don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Eventually, you're gonna watch the games and you're gonna see how wrong you were. But look, Ravens aside, all that bias aside, let's get to the the probably the biggest point of disagreement. Because I agree with you. I think the Browns are going to be fine. I think they're actually going to take a little bit of a step forward. That's why I got them at 11 and 6. They're going to be in the hunt for the division. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So right. is 11 and 6, 10 and 6 with an extra win, or is it 11 and 5? With, yes. It's 10 and 6 I, with an extra win. That's what I'm saying. They went from 10 should, and 6 I, to 11 I, and 5. I should have, <laughs> you know what I should have done? I should have just done, uh, should have done like 7, 9, minus or like uh 13 and three plus like or something like i should have done that like that would have made much more sense but yeah no no it's a good thing that they're 11 and six i want to make that clear the browns um i I think they're going to take a step in the right direction the the only reason i don't have them winning in reality is because i think that the one it's like this it's this weird thing of knowing the afc north for as long as i have the Cleveland Browns always find a way to screw themselves over. And I know that Baker Mayfield has done his darndest to to kind of get them away from that trope and that stereotype. But I think I think and I think he has done a lot to to mitigate that. But the, there's just something about the air in, in, in Cleveland that just it it won't go exactly how it's supposed to, and and that's just it. Also, the AFC North's a tough division. Winning games in this division is is, is very very difficult. That's why even the Bengals, like that's going to be one of the toughest four and thirteen teams in the NFL this year. You can take that to the bank. Um, but the Steelers is where you and I probably have one of the biggest disagreement because you got them at a ten and six in an in a gun ho all in for Big Ben year, and I have them in a seven and ten year. Because, quite frankly, one, I believe that either Big Ben is going to get injured at one point in the oh, season. Oh, don't say that. Don't say well, that. It's true. Okay, again, as someone who is very close say to us, the AFC North, dude, he's been healthy for two straight seasons. It's time. <laughs> it's, it's about damn time. It's going to happen. And I'm not wishing that. I'm just, it's a spoiler. It's going to happen. So, at some point, if you have Mason Rudolph or, or God forbid, Dwayne Haskins playing a quarterback in Pittsburgh, what do you think the result of that's going to be? It's not going to be Garrett great. with a helmet bonking oh. him over the head. <laughs> oh, no, that's... See, that's how the Browns are going to get down to 11 and 6. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I got them at 7 and 10 because I just think this team has taken a little bit of – is going to take a little bit of a step back with Big Ben. And I think this is going to be the year where it's it's 
very obvious that Big Ben has taken that that I don't want to say cliff because that gets a lot of pundits in trouble and, and they're always wrong. But he's gonna take he's gonna go on a little bit of a decline. And I I, I and it's unfortunate. I I I enjoyed watching Big Ben lose to the Ravens throughout the years. Didn't really enjoy watching him win, but I think it, it, this is going to be it for Big Ben. They're going to try. They're going to be in the fight, but I don't think they're going to be able to accomplish it. I don't think they got the firepower. We'll see. We will see. And you know what else we'll see, Ben? I don't know. What you okay? Yeah, say? I forgot. You don't know my you you don't know my shtick. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, but we're going to see anyone who's watching this right now, hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so they get notified whenever a new video is released. Um, see, I, I actually did know that. I did know that you do that, but I felt like I would come off as a narc if I said that. <laughs> I mean, so. you kind of would, no bullshit. <laughs> so probably a good thing you didn't do that. Anyway, let's move on, um, Ben, and talk about... Uh, another division in the AFC. Let's talk about the AFC South. And it, this is this is honestly probably one of the easier divisions to take a look at. Last year, the Titans, uh, they won it, but the Colts were still in it. That Right there, both teams finished 11-5. and five. The Titans won because of their divisional record. The Texans, obviously, last year took a huge step back. They're likely going to take another step back with whatever is going on with Deshaun Watson. There's a lot going on there. And the Jags are still the Jags. I don't know what, what they're doing over there, but... Ben, let's take a look at what you actually thought about this team or this division because I think this is one of the ones where we agreed on the most. So, what, why don't you just take us through your your preview or your uh, your predictions for this division? So, this is this is one of my favorite divisions, and I when I sent you my picks earlier, I left basically a blank line for the Houston Texans because I I, I don't think they're like gonna play football this year i have no idea what's going on down there i don't know what their plan is i think tyrod's the starting quarterback like i i haven't been told otherwise so i'm figuring that they're going into week one with tyrod taylor but it, it seems like there's no news coming out of houston like even like they have they have a quarterback who's been on the trade block and somehow there's no news about it like it's just been radio silent i, I you would expect to hear something from them but i, I don't like if they just didn't play football games this year, if they just packed it in and were like, we're not playing, like, I don't know if I would know, even if they are playing football games this year, I'm not sure if I'm going to know. So it's, it's a weird situation down there. I don't even know if they have like a real head coach. They hired the Ravens receivers. Coach. Oh my God. They, it's, they look, I, I like David Culley. I'm not going to lie to you, but the last person, the last person I would expect to get a head coaching job anywhere. And he's and he's like 65 years old and he's never been a head coach. And they're the guy who's in charge of the entire franchise is like a, a minister. So I have no idea what's going on with the Houston Texans. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like a dumpster fire down there and it doesn't God, seem like it's getting better. And every, every team in the AFC South needs to send Bill O'Brien like a very nice like fruit basket or something like that man. He burned everything down on his way out. There was so much potential for that franchise. I mean, and, and they're going with running back by committee because they have four running backs that are equally old and like unproductive or semi-productive in their careers. I, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm just going to name four Houston Texans running backs. They're all guys you've heard of before, but you might not know that they're on the Houston Texans right now. And they're, it's going to be by committee. So again, don't bother drafting any of these guys in your fantasy leagues. It's not going to be worth it. 
They're rolling out David Johnson, who was on the team last year. Philip Lindsay, you might remember him. Mark Ingram, former Heisman Trophy winner. And the fourth one is Rex Burkhead. All of these guys are on the Houston Texans right now. I, I don't like they all seem like the same type of player to me. They're all oldish running backs. Who... No, Corey Lindsay isn't old. Corey Lindsay, I think he, he he was in a league like he got in a league like two years ago, didn't he? Yeah, I, well, he was he was the undrafted guy out of Colorado State who caught on with the Broncos, but then the Broncos didn't want to keep him because they thought that an old Melvin Gordon was better than him. So I don't really know how much Phil Lindsay's going to be giving to the Texans right now. I, it's it's a bizarre situation. I think their best receiver right now is uh, Andre Roberts. Like it's a I, I don't know it's it's a disaster of a team. They're going to be very funny to watch. Um, and this is probably the most that you're going to hear anybody talk about the Houston Texans all year. Anyway, moving on from the Texans, I think the Colts are going to be good if they can figure it out with Carson Wentz. My nine and seven on them is basically just like it's Carson Wentz. Poor guy can't stay healthy. Um, So, again, not expecting an injury, but if Jacob Eason starts a game or if Sam Ellinger starts a game, I would not be surprised. Uh, The Jaguars, look, five and 11, they had the number one pick for a reason. As good as. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks and as much as Marvin Jones is just going to be a guy who catches footballs like they're not going to be much better than that and the Titans I mean what 11 and 5 you bring in Julio their defense is uh, they just give up a lot of points so it's it's going to be how often can uh, the Titans offense outscore what their defense is giving up Um, I think Julio is going to be fun there Uh, Tannehill's got some fun weapons now but Tennessee has to be able to rush the passer. And, you know, I think they'll be good enough to win the division. I don't know how far they'll get in the playoffs. That's just all going to be playoff luck. But that's my uh, that's my Titans take for the year. Cool, cool. So, I, again, we agree on a lot of what's going to happen, or generally. I got the Titans winning at 11-6, and six, the Colts right behind them at 10-7. and seven. Again, Kind of don't know what that one means because kind of don't know what the Colts are going to look like. But I think Frank Reich is a great head coach, arguably the most underrated head coach. There's nobody who gets most out of their players like Frank Reich. It is actually insane if you look at what he's had to work with and what he's done with it. Um, and out of Carson Wentz. That guy knows all the buttons to push on Carson Wentz. So Exactly, exactly. And then that history in Philadelphia, if there's anyone who can make Carson Wentz into that MVP-level player that he was just a few years ago, it's Frank Reich. Um, and anyway, so going off of that, uh, in third place, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars at 5-12. and 12. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a difficult start to the year because he doesn't have too much surrounding him outside of uh, Robinson, the running back, who, by the way, should have won Offensive Rookie of the Year last year as an undrafted free agent running for over 1,000 yards. Kind of criminal he didn't. But uh, but that's all he really has on offense. The defense has lost a lot of pieces. Tony Khan and the GM have, have traded away almost everybody. So th- there's not a lot left for this team to really compete with. I think Trevor Lawrence, he, that, that's what he gets you as a rookie. He gets you maybe, he's worth maybe like three of those five wins uh, by just him being Trevor Lawrence and showing out. Outside of that, the Texans, this is like the only team, or there's only two teams where I, I, I saw this 8-17 game like, like math actually fit this is one of those teams the texans at 215 makes so much sense and i feel like i don't have to explain why i'm just like 
if this is what a 2-15 team looks like. It's a dumpster fire down there. That being said, I like Tyrod Taylor, and I think he's going to, uh, you know, he he's another guy who kind of gets the most out of whatever team he's playing on. You know, he, he's the reason why the Bills, the Bills made the playoffs after a drought of what, almost 20, 25 years. So I think he, he's, he's, a, he's another kind of unsung hero for a lot of these teams. He, I think he can come in there and win two games with, with what is a terrible team. Yes, uh, Seth Roberts, or you said it, Seth Roberts is your number one guy. It's not a great look, bro. It's not a great look. And in that backfield, man, you might as well just sign Frank Gore. Sign Frank Gore. Let him break the rushing <laughs> record. Like, like, let, let him get up there to number two uh, or, no, or number one all time. Just, just, just ride it out with him. You might as well. He's not going to cost you any money. It's a dumpster fire down there, but... The Titans at 11 and 6. I would have had them higher honestly. The only reason I didn't was because I think that um uh, even with Julio Jones, I I I think that it's going to be difficult one for them to kind of deal with the loss of Art Smith who was their offensive coordinator who went to the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's going to be a little difficult for them to deal with and I think Brian Tannehill when he loses a coordinator, we've seen him drop off you know, a little bit. So is that going to happen again? Do I trust Ryan Tannehill fully? I trust him more than I did at this point last year, but do, but it's st- it's still a work in progress for me. I've seen too much, too much Tana down the hill from him to, to really trust him. I, it was bad. It was bad. Bad one. Bad one. I, I just did some research. The two starting receivers for the Houston Texans, the two guys that they're planning on lining up out wide week one. You ready for this? Yep. Go for it. Brandon Cooks. And okay. Chris Conley. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's... Chris Con- Oh, Chris fucking Conley. Oh, that's who bad. couldn't who couldn't get on the field in Kansas City is now a starting receiver for the Houston Texans. I mean, T Mobile doesn't turn the ball over, but I mean it's yeah, it's gonna lots be lots of checkdowns. Lots of checkdowns. Hey man, he learned from the best. He was Joe Flacco's backup quarterback for like four <laughs> years. He learned from the best, trust me on that. Um anyway, so speaking of the best, let's go to uh the division that ha- might have arguably the best team in the entire league, and that is the AFC West. So let's talk about it. The AFC West. I did not change that, did I? Whoops. Well, we'll I'll, I'll change it in post. AFC West last year was won, of course, by the Kansas City Chiefs. They seem to have a stranglehold over this division every single year. They they won the entire conference last year going 14-2. and two. This is a team that it looks like they're primed to maybe run it back, but the, there's questions too. They played into the Super Bowl very late into the season. The past two years, is that fatigue possibly going to get the better of them? Are we going to see maybe one of these younger teams like the the um, these? I almost called them San Diego. Oh, yeah, Los Angeles Chargers. That's who they are. Nope, that's who no they same. are. That's who they are. Well, they that's they don't have are. any fans in LA, so it doesn't nope, matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like the Chargers, are we going to see the Chargers and and an old Air Bear down there? You know throw out throw Mahomes like he's looked like he has a lot of potential so well, why don't you tell us what do you think about this division just thoughts on this division in general um it's it's Kansas City's to lose I think Vic Fangio is one of the hot seat guys so mm. we're gonna I, all I'm gonna say is we're gonna see Drew Locke Jerry you have not seen the last of Drew Locke and um 
you know, I, I think we're going to get a step for the Chargers. I think everybody expects them to be a lot better just because of Herbert, but it's a first year head coach. So you got to you got to bring that into that's part of the equation. Um, there's systems that people have to learn. So I think people need to cool off on the Chargers a little bit. Uh, and then the Raiders, I, look, I'm not a John Gruden guy. I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. So that's that's my Raiders take. I know everybody loves the Raiders. They think, John, oh, Gruden's going to turn it around. They got Derek Carr. They got six billion receivers that you can throw to. They just got rid of their entire – they gutted their entire offensive line. I mean, if you can't protect the quarterback, then what matters if you have four guys that can run a 4-2 or less? You know, like, who Did cares? you hear they tried to they, – they called the Bears to try to trade for Khalil Mack? I heard it's the most bizarre did. thing ever. It's well, it's worth the phone call, I guess. It's worth picking up the, <laughs> the phone. phone. call might as well. I mean, yeah, although Gruden does not have a good history with phone calls as Raiders head coach. Uh, speaking to you, Antonio Brown. Anyway, uh, let's uh, – so Ben, let's oh talk about – Oh, my God. Antonio Brown was on the Raiders. Yep, y'all, for all of like a week, <laughs> all of like a week. God, uh, I've never seen someone piss away thirty million dollars so willingly like Antonio yeah. Brown did with that team. That was wow. That was it was painful to watch. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get to it. Ben, why don't you uh, run us through your predictions uh, for this season? Yeah, four and twelve for the Broncos. Vic Fangio is gone. Uh, we're gonna see Drew Locke probably by week. four six or seven uh he's starting teddy to try to save his job hoping that teddy's not going to turn the ball over but the broncos team is not good enough to win games with teddy as the quarterback therefore see you vic uh chargers eight and eight that's what i said you know new head coach there's only so much you can do it is going to make the i think they will finish second because i still think the raiders are a seven and nine team uh not enough talent there um and and i just don't trust rudin to get a team into the playoffs uh, maybe next year. There's always next year. Raiders fans. He's there for what? That's, that's seven what they've more been years. saying. That's what they've been saying for the past three years. There's always great next stadium year. though. Maybe it'll be rocking this year. Who knows? Home field advantage might be a thing. Uh, speaking of home field advantage, though, the Kansas City Chiefs. That place is loud all the time. It's going to be even louder this year. Um, you know, thirteen and three for the Chiefs is really just kind of coasting to thirteen and three. I think those last three or four weeks, they'll probably have the division locked up already. Um, but you know, that's it's. The Chiefs, they are who we thought they were. That's that's all I'm going to say. They they got a they've rebuilt their offensive line a little bit. It might take a little bit for that to gel. Some close games early on. Expect that. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're still good. The Kansas City Chiefs certified still good. So don't have much else to say on the side. Yeah. That. Yeah, I, I again, I agree mostly with what you're saying. Um, I, I, the only thing I will say is I think the Chiefs are going to have a little bit of a harder time this year. I think that fatigue is going to catch up to them a little bit. We've seen that with teams in years past who have made the Super Bowl multiple times. There's always one year where they're just it, it, it doesn't seem to be clicking right, and and and. I think that playing into because they've gone to the AFC Championship game, then the Super Bowl, then the Super Bowl again the past three years. So I think eventually we're gonna see some remnants of that, but I think they're gonna figure it out. This is a great team, and like I said, it's gonna be they're kind of just by default gonna go twelve and five for me. Uh, I then after that I got the Chargers going ten and seven, and this is a team that I think can, can, has like the 
they have an ability to surprise some people this year. I think Justin Herbert is that damn good. He had, what, 31 touchdowns, 10 picks last year, and 15 starts. This dude has all the ability in the world. He's got some receiving help now. They're getting healthier on defense. I think they're going to take a little bit of a step forward. Now, does that mean they make the playoffs right off the bat? Maybe not. They're definitely not going to be challenging the Chiefs for the division, but I think they're going to start giving the Chiefs trouble, and then this is going to, like, we're right. Which one, which team's going to be the one to, to in the division to kind of, like, maybe knock off the Chiefs or, or the Chiefs got to look behind their shoulder? This is the team. If you're in Kansas City, maybe not next year, but two years down the line, you better watch out for old Air Bear down there. Um, and then, you know, I look at the Las Vegas Raiders, and I see 6-11. and 11. I look at John Gooden always grinding his way to 11 losses somehow every year. It always happens. It's going to happen again. The only reason he has a Super Bowl is because of John Lynch and that amazing Bucks defense. That offense was terrible. He's an offensive guru, but I've never seen a functional offense outside of one year with Rich fucking Gannon. One year he made Rich Gannon look amazing. And oh, he's this, he's a grinder. He's, he's got all these Gruden quarterback camps. And uh, what do these quarterbacks do when they go to, uh, look at, look at his tape. Look at his tape. Yeah, I love that. Spider two wide banana. I don't know any other plays, but that's a goddamn good play. Spider two wide banana. No, he's 11 losses. Uh, I'm giving. John, I, I was just Go gonna ahead. say, John John Gruden's never seen a quarterback that he doesn't like. I mean, John Gruden loves every quarterback. He was the only guy that was willing to uh, give Nathan Peterman shelter, uh, and he let shelter. him he, he he let him take every snap in the preseason. That's that's a fun little fact for everybody. Nathan Peterman took every snap for the Raiders this preseason. Marcus Mariota was hurt, and uh, Derek Carr was just not playing because apparently Derek Carr is too good to play in the preseason now, um, which is wild to me i don't understand why teams have been doing that where they just sit there like average quarterback during the preseason hey i'll have you know man i'll have you know there's a good reason the ravens didn't play joe flacco in the preseason all those years man that's that's why we got to the super bowl joe Joe needed the juice he needed the juice come playoff time um yeah no but i i I look at the raiders and i see six and eleven and the i think the broncos they're going to have a very tough start to the year with Teddy, and that's not an indictment on Teddy. I like Teddy Bridgewater, but I think on this team at this time, he, he's not going to be able to really get it done, and, and he's not going to be able to save Vic Fangio's job either. We're both on the same page. I'd love you, Vic. You're an amazing defensive coordinator. You're going to have a job, again, as a defensive coordinator, but you're not a great NFL head coach. That's just the truth. Uh, so 6-11 and 11 for them. That's me being a little optimistic, too. That's me thinking that Drew Locke comes in and, you know, salvages the rest of his career because this really put him back. Like, that was the one thing coming out of this, this quarterback competition between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I was like, how bad does Drew Locke have to look in practice? that Teddy Bridgewater beat him out for the starting job. I'll tell you, it's Drew Locke is a gunslinger. And he he will turn the ball over. And he's going to be making rookie mistakes his entire career. And uh, when you're a guy who's trying to save his job, Vic Fangio, you look at that and you go, we're going to lose games if we have that guy out there. I would rather play it safe and have Teddy check the ball down you know, 15 to 20 times a game rather than Drew Locke, who's going to be throwing it deep, you know, 25 times a game. 
but you know, it, it makes no sense because the group that they have of, of pass catchers out in Denver is perfect for like, they built that team around drew lock and now they're putting Teddy in and it's just kind of like, it, it just doesn't fit. It's not a good fit. It's not going to work out. They're going to be losing and they're not going to be scoring. And there's going to be a change of quarterback and the offensive coordinator is probably going to get fired. And then Vic's going to get fired. This is how these things happen. They happen every year. And it's just going to happen again with the Broncos this year. Well, let's be honest. It's, they it's they very predictable. They, they built this team for Aaron Rodgers to come in in 2022. <laughs> like they, I'm just saying, Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to Noah Fant, uh, and 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 Cortland Sutton and Jared Judy with 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 Melvin Gordon, who hopefully will still have some legs to stand on in the NFL in 2022. That could be some dangerous shit uh, over there in Denver in the Mile High City, especially with that cannon of an arm that he's got. So watch out for that because he's not staying in Green Bay after this year. I gu- no. guarantee it. Like, no. uh, there has never been a more candid "I am leaving after this year" press conference than Aaron Rodgers' uh, training camp press conference earlier this year. Well, there's a job at Jeopardy if he wants it. So, oh, that, uh, that could be uh, an option. Oof, <laughs> oof. Oh, God, hey, yeah. Check your Twitter, kids. Um, <laughs> delete those tweets, kids. Um, or anyway. just go on private. Just go on private. Just Don't go on private. See it. Just go on private. Hey, hey, pull up, pull up, uh, Colangelo, and just uh, have burners all day, mm-hmm. all day. Um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, you know who doesn't have any burners? Bill Belichick, because he doesn't even know what the fuck Twitter is. Let's oh, I move think on. he has. I think he has a ton of burners. He knows exactly <laughs> so? what's going on. Absolutely. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the AFC East. Last year, the Buffalo Bills ran away with this division. Bills Mafia got went 13-3, and three, had the number two seed, were one game away from the number one seed in the entire AFC. Miami Dolphins surprised a lot of people by going 10-6 and six in Brian Flores' second year. They were, did not make the playoff, however, in a very tough AFC the New England Patriots took a step back after they lost quarterback Tom Brady, went 7-9, and nine, which was still a surprise for the team that they had with all those people who left in, in, in free agency and all those people who opted out because of COVID. And, of course, the New York Jets last year went 2-14 and 14 and picked Zach Wilson number two overall, which I will always say was the worst mistake they could have ever made at that pick. Anyway, we'll probably get into that at some point. Ben, what do you think about the AFC East? What's your landscape uh, uh, view of the AFC East right now? I mean, I hate to sound like a like a dumb talking head, but it's it's about the quarterbacks, you know. It's all about the quarterbacks. There's there's just so much like so many unknowns right now. You have the Bills. I think the Bills are going to run away with the, this division and probably get the number one seed just because they're going to be able to beat up on the competition. Because it's you have two rookie quarterbacks, and then Tua, who who knows what Tua is going to be. Um, so just based off that, I've got the Bills at fourteen and two, and one. Um, and then, but but then after that, it's it, I feel like it's kind of like a toss up. I mean, I think Miami's the second best team in this division just because they were last year. I, I don't know. I'm I'm very uh, like in an unknown spot with with what this division is going to be just because you have Mac Jones, who's I think going to have a great career. I think he's going to win a lot of games just because he's like the perfect in between of doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but also isn't afraid to try to push the ball downfield a little bit 
Um, but I mean, you know, as, as a rookie learning a system, especially surrounded by guys who aren't, you know, superstars, uh, it's, it's going to be a pretty average season for the Patriots, but I think there's going to be a way for them to look at it and be like, all right, next year, we're going to be competing for the division again. Um, you know, and, and Miami, I, I really don't know what Tua is. I want Tua to be good just because it's fun to have a lefty quarterback around. But, I mean, last year, everybody was doing the thing where it's like, you know, oh, Tua should be the first overall pick. And then he had the hip thing. And then, um, you know, it's like, all right, but but he's a smart guy. He'll be able to figure out the offense and he can read defenses. And, you know, I, I was sitting there. I was like, I feel like he's been kind of a one-read guy his entire career in college. And he gets to the NFL and he's still sticking with that one read. Um, so, I mean, he, he has to, he still has to like grow up a little bit and, and be able to hold on to the ball for a little bit longer and know that somebody's not going to be open all the time on that first read and you have to go through your progressions. Um, but I mean, Miami's defense is really good. Uh, so I, I think just based off that, if two is able to string a couple good games together, the defense will be able to pick them up and I think they can pull 10 wins out of that. Um, it's saying a lot. And then you, and, and, and then you got the Jets, uh, who, you know, I, <laughs> Zach Wilson is not a very smart quarterback. He's a very fun quarterback. I don't know how smart he is. Um, I feel a lot of Jay Cutler in him, um, who I love. Jay Cutler was, again, a lot of fun, not the smartest. Um, I think they'll bang out a couple good years here and there. Uh with Zach Wilson, but, but this year, I mean, it's, it's just going to be growing pains and you just got to expect that because, you know, they were horrible last year. So it just, just expect not a great year, but there's going to be flashes. He's going to make some throws and uh, the defense is still garbage. They're going to give up a lot of points this year. So that's, that's my jets take finishing. So, I would go six, 10 and one on them. So I'm going to go in reverse to just kind of talk about the jets for a second. Yeah, the jets, I look at them, I see one in 16 written all over this team when I look at Zach Wilson, I you said Jay Cutler. I got a better comparison for you, Jimmy Clausen when he came out in 2010. That's what I see out of out of this guy, and that is no look. Jimmy Clausen had a lot of potential. Zach Wilson has a lot of potential, but he is in the worst possible situation to try to take advantage of his potential. Like the New York Jets, this is an organization, Ben, that knows how to really you know uh, produce and develop quarterbacks. This is an organization that knows how to ruin some quarterbacks this is an organization that you know some every now and then they have a great defense i don't see that this year they're they're arguably their best piece on defense cj mosley has not played football in two years and so th there's questions about that they released a, one of their best defensive linemen this week they like this is a team that it's just not good they don't have the talent to keep up not only in this division, but I think in a lot of games. I think this is one of the weaker overall rosters, one of the more inexperienced young rosters we've seen. This is what the Jets this year are what people thought Miami was like two years ago. Remember when everyone's like, oh, Miami's going to go 0-16, Brian Flores going to get fired, all that crap. Like, this is what people, like, what people thought Miami was are what the Jets are. 1-16 for the Jets. Um you, you but, got but something? You're, but, but you're saying that right now. And what did the Dolphins do that year? They had a head coach that the guys wanted to play for. I think the guys are going to like to play for Robert Sell. And I think that's going to go. That's it, There's there's that intangible of, you know, he's you have somebody leave the locker room, bringing in fresh blood who people want to play for and want to win for. So, you know, as right. bad as that roster is, I still think that the Patriots are a little 
weird and the Dolphins, who knows what they're going to do. So you have those in division games that you can win. And then there's some games out of division that I feel like they can pull off just because Zach Wilson's got a cannon hose, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, he's got a very good arm and he's can, I think he's probably just going to win some games just off arm talent alone. But going off of that, honestly, is you like you said, it's all about the quarterback. And and at the end of the day, what that Miami team had, they had a, a Brian a Ryan Fitzpatrick that was able to come in and win some games for them. I don't see that in Zach Wilson. I don't see the same intangibles in him. I don't see the same uh, ability in him as far as being able to read defense, as far as being able to to stay to stay upright in behind that terrible offensive line. There's there's a lot of problems with this team. And I think they're going to – it's going to be a tough year is what I'm trying to say for the New York Jets. They're going to be last in this division. It's going to be very obvious that they're the worst team. Uh, the Patriots, I got them going 9-8. and eight. I think Bill Belichick, he – I trust Bill. I trust Bill when he released Cam. I trust Bill when he does anything. I think he he saw the writing on the wall. He probably sees something in Mac Jones that we don't see. And if that's the case, Bill Belichick knows better than I do. I got and he knows how to get the most out of his players. Nine and eight for them. They went seven and nine with I don't know what that offense was last year, but they went seven and nine with it. They why can't they go nine and eight with whatever they got this year? I think Miami's gonna take a step back. And I think eight and nine for them. And the reason I say that is because there are questions. There are legitimate questions about not only Tua Tungabailoa's ability to read defenses now, but I think also his ability to his ball placement. I we, One thing we saw last year, one of the bigger problems was there were a lot of times where he would just throw some stinkers. You did not like you, you just saw him throwing. You're like, what was that? And, you know, I, I, an offseason can sometimes heal that, but sometimes you, those are problems you can't fix. And this is this year is going to be a big step for Tua. There's talk that they might trade him away. There's talk they might trade for another franchise quarterback. There's talk that they might be looking to move on from him. So, I, and I wouldn't, and someone like Brian Flores, I wouldn't think he would do that without knowing that there's something consequential that that could cost them games this year so i see them going eight and nine bills are the class of this division bills mafia is going to be insane if they move away from buffalo i not will happening hate no, the no no forever. that's leverage that's leverage that's not happening also on two two is growing a beard right now so i'm just going to throw it out there Oh, well, he's trying to channel your inner Fitzpatrick to uh, do it. Please do it. Uh, but those are the class of this division. Josh Allen, like I said back in 2018, he's out of this class. I think he's going to be the first kid to win a Super Bowl. Like, he has that intangible factor, that X factor. He is – he is – he is the – if you ever want, if I wanted a quarterback, I'd make Josh Allen my quarterback because he can run, he can throw, he's big, he can elude, he can run through people. This is a, he is the epitome of what you want your quarterback to be, and I think he's great. And by default, he's gonna get about twelve wins. Yeah, so. no, I'm I'm all in on the Bills this year. I, I mean, at fourteen and two, that means the playoffs are going through Buffalo this year, which would be pretty awesome to to host all those playoffs there and. Uh, yeah, I mean, also, the Bills are my pick out of the AFC. Just saying it right now, the Bills are coming out of the AFC. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I mean, I, I well, eh, I don't think that. But, uh, but hey, we'll see what happens. Um, I, so, anything else on uh, the AFC East? Anything else on them? I, I mean, I can't think of anything else aside from uh, just getting ahead of this. I've been a Mac Jones guy all the way. 
I was a oh. Mac Jones guy when he came out of college. I said he's going to have the best career out of anybody that's get drafted. Not not that he's going to be the best quarterback out of all the quarterbacks this year, but he's going to have the best career. So I'm just putting that out there. I want that to be out there when it comes true. I told you. So, you know. Well, if we're talking about people who are in the best place to succeed, he is definitely in the best scenario for him to succeed behind Bill Belichick. Like Bill Belichick's going to know how to coach that kid. Anyway, Ben, let's move on and talk about the most underrated player on God's green earth, and his name is Gardner Flint Minshew II. After much speculation, after much speculation as to his future, Gardner Minshew was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles earlier this week. The Eagles acquired the former Jags quarterback after the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, won the Jags starting quarterback job. The Jags now will receive a sixth round pick that could turn into a fifth round pick if Gardner Minshew plays 50% of three games this year, whatever the hell that means. Um, but that's how these conditional picks work out. If Minshew plays, he they get the, the Jags get paid. Um, but Trevor, he's going to a situation now where he's playing gonna be alongside Jalen Hurts. He's gonna be uh he's somehow uh, below the depth chart uh behind Joe Flacco. That's probably because he doesn't know the offense. He'll learn. Um, what do you make of the trade and where he went? What do you make of this fit for Gardner Minshew going to the Eagles now? I mean, it's. I think it's just about depth. I think Philly was looking at their their depth chart and was like, you know, if we don't trust Jalen Hurts, do we trust Joe Flacco to win games? And I think the answer to that wound up being no. So I guess they just wanted to have a, a third arm in there. You know, I I don't. I feel like a lot of teams don't carry three quarterbacks anymore. And it's, it's weird that the Eagles are carrying three known quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean, maybe Nick Sirianni just likes having quarterbacks around. I, that, that might be the only thing there is to it. Um, that he just wants guys in there that have played competitive football before. So I, I think that's probably just it. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I'll just say for, on the point of Sirianni, he probably brought in Minshew because he doesn't know what that deer in the headlights. He just brought him in. He's like, fuck, uh, uh, okay, quarterback, uh, more, more. Give me more options. The guy's looking for more options. He doesn't know what he's doing. The Eagles, it's been a mess. Like the last like like year has just been a mess for this team. If it and that's it fell apart so quick. I think Harry Roseman's probably done after this year, too. As much as uh, you know, I we all like Howie Roseman and what he's done for that team, but he's done after this year. For Gardner Minshew, it, it's weird because you, I would have thought that a team like Dallas that doesn't really have a solid backup quarterback with, with Dak Prescott coming off of an injury with an already injured shoulder this year would probably be more benefit more from having Minshew on their team than a team like the Eagles. You would think that they would have gone after him, especially if Gardner Minshew went for a sixth-round pick, which is criminal. Like, like someone who's thrown for 37 touchdowns, 11 picks, went for a sixth-round pick. But, hey, that's the NFL. That's the market, I guess. But I think this is going to be the, – the, the, the reason I think the Eagles really made this trade, though, I think, is because – they're not sure what Jalen Hurts is because th there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of raw ability in Jalen Hurts to be good, and I think we all see that. But the question is, when is it all going to come together? Is and is it going to come together this year? And are they going to look at Jalen Hurts and be like, that's their guy? And what this is telling me is in training camp, there was nothing that indicated that. There's nothing that indicated to them that Jalen Hurts 
was hands down oh, our guy, our future guy, even this year. That you don't make a trade for someone as prominent and, and as talented as Gardner Minshew unless you are looking for another option. So that's what they did. And and I'm, I'm just saying this, man. Look, Gardner Minshew could wind up being the starter within like the first month of the season because I just see Seriani be like like he's got he, he's that guy he's from the meme it's like two buttons to push he doesn't know which button to push he's he's, he's sweating bullets he, I think he's going to he's going to be very quick on the trigger as far as changing quarterbacks and we might even get a chance to see the old quarterback carousel make a make a, another round in Philly so that's that'll be I, interesting think that is going to happen my prediction for the eagles this year was they're going to start with jalen hurts because you have to i mean you can't not and then i think it's going to wind up you know three and eight three and nine not doing that well the eagles fans are going to be like all right let's we got to see what we got in gardner Minshew, and that's when you're going to eventually see a change i there's there's no chance that the jags are not getting that six round pick i think gardner's going to be playing uh a bigger chunk than the eagles expected this year might even get some Flacco mixed in. I feel like you always get some Flacco mixed in. He always every year. Hey, hey, man, yeah. hey, man, hey, man. Death, taxes, and Joe Flacco starting at least two games a year. That always happens. And look, here, here's the thing. I know Flacco gets a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of baggage, and there's a lot of. He gets a lot of flack. Uh, pardon the pun. But yo, one thing you can't say about Flacco is he gets in there. He's not bad. Like, like that. That's the thing. No. Joe Flacco. He's not bad. He's not great. <laughs> Sometimes he's not good. But some, but you just look at him throw the football, and you're just like, you know what? Like, like, here's one thing I realized as a Ravens fan watching Joe Flacco play for for a decade. At no point, or actually, there were a few points where I said this, but really throughout the entire tenure, there was no point where I was like, Flacco is complete garbage. It was just, wow, he's somehow like not producing anything offensively, but it's not. But I can't point out why it's his fault. It's it's just like it's just and it's the thing is it's happened so consistently that I know it's him. I just never have never been able to pin down what exactly it is because I'm just like the receivers aren't open on any of these plays. It's just I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And then he just goes out there and has like a great game like he did on Monday Night Football last year. Just just throws three touchdowns in one half and just like eh, fastest quarterback to to five touchdowns in a game. Eh, most road yeah. playoff wins in NFL history. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, every every time Flacco gets in the game, you do the thing where you're like, "Yeah, I can see how this guy won a Super Bowl. Makes sense." Yeah, I, I, I mean, not now, but like, yeah, it. I get how it it did happen in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing on the Eagles in terms of uh, stats at a young age and compiling stats at a young age, the quarterback that they cut to make this move, Nick Mullins, uh, is the second fastest. Or, or has the second most yards through 16 games in his career. So that's that's always the Nick Mullins stat that you can pull up, where it's like only Patrick Mahomes has more passing yards through 16 starts than Nick Mullins. So just good old-fashioned compiler, that guy. I think yeah. he's in Cleveland now. He caught on there already. Yeah. If only he compiled those stats in the preseason, maybe he would have made the team. Oh, God, it was not a pretty preseason for Nick Mullins. Um, but And it was also not a pretty week, guys, for ESPN. God damn, they got their asses handed to them this week in the in on Twitter, on in the media, everywhere, because they were somehow duped by a fake high school. So this is a very overly complex situation that played out in the, uh, with ESPN in this, in this school. So 
there was a high school game that was played and broadcast on ESPN that involved this high school called Bishop Sycamore High School, and it's based out of Ohio, allegedly. And the scandal is about the fact that this high school might not exist, which means that ESPN nationally televised a game of a high school that there is really no credible evidence to believe exists. And there's a lot of reports that are saying that some of these players are actually junior college dropouts, that none of these players actually attend classes. Actually, there's a report from Yahoo that says there's nothing to indicate that these players attend school anywhere. So there's really a lot of questions here. A lot of people are pointing their fingers at ESPN. Like, how did the worldwide leader let this happen? How did they allow themselves to get duped? On top of all that, the head coach of the uh, Bishop Sycamore uh, team has a few warrants out for his arrest. He's being sued now or being uh, uh, there's going to be prosecution against him about fraud. There's ESPN is apparently trying to uh, launch some civil suits against this institution that is Bishop Sycamore. Uh, the problem with that, however, is you go to their website, you know what you see? A whole lot of nothing uh, coming soon and not and 401 404 error pages. Like it is it is weird. Also, I just I just want to say this. This team they have apparently have a GoFundMe also that was uh that was supposed to fund this high school, which also makes you think. Did nobody at ESPN Google this fucking team before they book them for a a nationally televised high school game? So Ben, you you've heard about this, I'm sure. W- what do you think? What do you make of this whole Bishop Sycamore disaster for ESPN? Well, the first I heard of it was a Twitter headline that said ESPN televised a high school football game between a fake school and IMG Academy, which was a punchline in itself because I don't really know how much of a school IMG Academy actually is. Um, and, you know, just I think the, the, the decision that ESPN made to just blame the booker worked pretty well for me because I did not realize how this entire uh, booking process even went. Apparently, uh, you book the games that are on TV through, or ESPN does at least, through a third company, through like a third party company. So this third party is going out there and finding what football games, what high school football games are being played that week. And then they come to ESPN and say, here are the three games that we're going to televise this week. Send your cameras out, whatever. And I mean, why would you ever think you would have to vet this? Like, I, like what, what would even be the thing where, like, what, who would ever doubt that uh, that there would be a fake high school playing well, this? I mean, whoever pulled this off is wild. These Bishop Sycamore people are wild. <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> it's it's like the this is like the craziest thing I've actually ever heard in sports. Like there, there's a lot of crazy shit, but this like it is, takes the cake. I mean, they were able to not only schedule games with with with, with big schools like Dematha and St. Thomas, but by the way, all their future games that they had scheduled all canceled. Like all those teams just said. No, we're not playing this team of, of, of like forty year olds that playing like 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 it was just it's just mind boggling that this was that this happened. Um, the the balls on these guys, by the way, Bishop Sycamore. That's one thing you, I, I will say: the balls on these guys to do this. Like, oh, say what you want. Like, it's unethical. It's wrong. It's immoral. They lied, but phew, 
oh my god, it is it is insane that they had the wild. guts to do this. Wild. wild, they are wild, bro. <laughs> I, hey, if you're from Bishop Sycamore, come on the show. I want I want to talk to you. I have some things to, to ask, but but you know the other thing that the coming out of this that that I had me like rolling was. The fact that uh, if you watch back the broadcast or the highlights of the broadcast, there's a lot of points where they're talking about how some of these kids are like, you know, top 100 recruits nationally for college. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, did nobody like even like print out like the little nobody checked max preps like like nobody checked anything like, like there's none of these kids by the way are actually rec- like getting recruited by anybody and, and apparently the whole motivation for this was so maybe some some schools would check them out and check these players out and then the the, the thought for me going off of that is what the fuck you you don't think there's gonna be a problem when Clemson finds out you're like thirty, acting like a high school kid? Like they're not gonna they're not gonna recruit you, dude. I just I don't get what the benefit is, really. I mean, it's it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, I, if if these were kids that were being told that uh, they were gonna be part of some elite high school program, then I mean, I you know, I, I, if you're getting recruited to IMG Academy what what's what's really the difference aside from them having like a better like reputation because that's that school is built solely for sports i mean you know it's uh it's a weird situation that you know why would anybody even think that they would have to vet this when you're being told that a team that's playing one of the top teams in the country has top 100 recruits on it you're just going to kind of be like yeah of course because good teams would schedule other good teams why would we even have to go check this like I don't know. It, they they found the loophole. The genius of Bishop Sycamore is that they relied on everybody else being too lazy to actually double check things. And it worked because all you need to do is just decide that people aren't going to even pay attention to what's going on. And you might be able to slip something by them. It seems like they were slipping this stuff by people for a couple of years. They played IMG the past two years. Like this isn't something that like just came out of the blue like img knew who these kids were they played them the past like couple of years so these weren't unfamiliar faces it's just that they got on tv they got a little they got a little too out over their skis they got a little too wild and uh then they they have to deal with the consequences of that but oh it's uh Oof, what a story. <laughs> what a story. Dude, I cannot wait for this 30 for 30. That's never going to happen because ESPN is never going to It's never going to be a 30 for 30. It might be like a dark side of football thing on HBO. But... I was going to say, get Brian Gumble on this. Yeah, get yeah. Fox documentaries on it. Somebody will make a doc- There will be multiple documentaries on this. Maybe ESPN someday will come around to it, but I don't think like... that'll be they and and apparently like like the the, the heads of like the executives uh at uh, ESPN they're rolling right now like like there's people are mad people are pissed because this this makes them look like idiots and like like this school by the way this school Bishop Sycamore I got outscored last year 227 to 42 for the whole season in six games again insane they they averaged like what eight points a game. <laughs> Eight points a game, and they gave up like 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 almost forty points a game. This is like come. This is this, hey. This is not Dematha. This is not St. Thomas. This is not. Uh, this is not any of those schools. This is just. It's a mess, and I love and it. I mean, give me I more. I just wonder, like, like what's in it for this school? Is this is this school get like? I'm I'm not very familiar with how high school sports works and everything. Like I know with college, like they'll 
pay for teams to come play so that they can beat them. But like, is, is Bishop Sycamore getting paid by IMG Academy so that they can, and, and then they're saying, Oh, we're going to fund our school with this. Like do teams get paid in high school athletics or is this organized no. somehow? No, I mean, uh, well, we know Bishop Sycamore, they have a uh, GoFundMe. So like that's, I mean, you know, maybe they bring attention to that and bring attention to their 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 website or whatever. Um, the only benefit really I could see is one, maybe some exposure uh, and like like they tried with the ES- with this whole ESPN deal. The other one is maybe the head coach was trying to like, you know, flex like and be like, hey, I, I, I coached Bishop Sycamore. Scored 42 points last year, the entire year. Went 0-6, but hey, I coached them. Can can you give me a real job? I, I I mean, this is like the ultimate fluff your resume. This is that's that's what this was. Ultimate fluff your resume. God, there's a lot of people that are gonna be sued and go to jail for this. <laughs> well, there's only one person that's probably gonna go to jail, but many people are gonna get sued. Many people are definitely gonna get sued. <laughs> people are gonna lose their jobs over this. Yeah, this is uh this is not this is not, it's a fun story, but in the end, it's going to be the, the outcomes, the fallout is going to be part two of the documentary that I'm sure is probably already in pre-production over at Fox Sports. They've been licking their chops or something oh like this for God. years. It's amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Hey, Fox Sports, give me that, give me that 40 for 40. Just, just, ri- just completely rip off 30 for 30. Like, like, like just, just go for it. Go ham. Um, anything else on this, Ben? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. This is a, just insane insane story amazing so. i love I, I love the chaos though i love the yeah, fucking well, chaos of it. the the only other thing that i do have on the story is that mm. they were supposed to play, replay the game last night on espnu but instead they were playing a different high school game because oh, espn's dang. not coming anywhere near that game for the rest of uh, eternity i'm sure they burned that tape oh they burned that tape but the internet lives forever we know that um anyway let's move on and talk about the new orleans saints ben so The New Orleans Saints might not be able to play in their home stadium at the Superdome because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, Let's talk about it. So the Saints head coach told reporters this week that the team is currently not playing in New Orleans to start the season because of recovery efforts and and effects of Hurricane Ida. Week one against the Packers won't be New Orleans. However, the NFL also officially announced that the New Orleans Saints will be opening their season by playing the Packers in Jacksonville, Florida on Sunday, September 12th at 425 p.m. The Jacksonville Jaguars will not be playing there. They have an away game to begin the year. So that kind of alleviates their scheduling pain there. Um, they wanted to play in Dallas. You know, everyone wants to play, open their season in Jerry World. That's what everyone in, at the Saints were really hoping for, but that didn't end up happening. So they're going to have to move a little farther, actually a lot farther away, over in Jackson, middle of Florida, uh, which is nowhere near New Orleans. But it is what it is. Ben, what do you think about uh, th- this move? We know it had to happen because of the hurricane. These are things you can't really uh, predict or you can't really plan for. You have to really keep in mind, but... What do you think about this for the Saints? Is this going to affect them or in the way they play? Uh, week one against Green Bay, I don't think so. I think they were probably going to lose that one anyway. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's always tough when you're guaranteed a certain amount of home games and then some sort of act of God comes in and, and changes that. Um, the only uh, other note I have on this is that they were probably going to play in Dallas until Jerry Jones probably threw in that little, uh, what do you call it? Twi- I guess twist in the contract where it was like, hey, 
Sean Payton, if you want to play in my nice stadium, uh, you can do it for one game this year, but then you have to come be my coach next year. And I think Sean Payton probably said no to that. Because uh, uh, you know Jerry Jones has been trying to get Sean Payton away from there for the past, like, seven okay. or eight years. This has been a long-running thing. So, yeah, I, I think that was uh, a little – if if he didn't say it, it definitely entered Jerry's head. A little bit of a little tampering. You got to start the year with a little tampering. Always, so, always. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, for for me, I I thought that I, I think it's they're gonna be fine. Like you said, they weren't gonna win this game, especially because they went with uh your with uh what's his name uh Winston instead of uh Taysom Hill. You, like, you gotta like, be nice to Jameis. You need to be nice to Jameis. He got LASIK surgery. He can see the linebackers now. He's gonna throw for five thousand <laughs> yards and like. 50 touchdowns. He, he, James over Winston is going to break records. Give me the over-under on interceptions. Well, well, you give me the number, and I'll just say under, because you're going to say he's going to throw like 20 or something. Under. I'll go under. Under? under. Okay, under. okay. I'll say I'll say 23 if he starts all every game this year. 23 picks. I'll, I'll, I'll be nice about it. Let's say 15. 15 picks for Jameis 15 picks for Jameis. All right, cool. Slashing um, it right in half. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, like, they – Taysom Hill, It's it was – this was this was you go with Taysom Hill though, right? Like, come Horrible. on, Taysom Hill's terrible. What do you I mean? mean? He's he's no. he's. What do you mean? He's terrible. He went he's not a quarterback. He yes, he is. He went three and one as a starter last no, he's year. Not. No, yes, he's not. He, he's yes, not a he is. He's totally he's a, quarterback. a quarterback. He's totally he's, he's a he's a weapon. He's a uh, he's better as a tight end and a running back and a and a guy who can uh, ball hawk for touchdowns at the goal line. He's not a quarterback. If you want to, if you want to play a real offense, and score points, then Jameis is your quarterback. It can't be Taysom Hill. Like it, it just, absolutely not. No way. He's not a passer. He's not a guy who's accurate. He's not a guy who can uh, play quarterback at this level as a as a full time starter. Absolutely not. So it's a, that that's cap. That's real take cap talk right there from you, sir. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I never understood why people like hated on Taysom Hill so much. Like the dude was efficient as their quarterback last year. He like completed 70% of his passes threw for 900 yards in, in four games. Like he, he was, he was, it didn't, wasn't like obvious. Like, Oh my God, he can't throw the football. He can. And his ability to run actually made him a more dynamic player. And I think if you capitalized on that, like I, I thought Sean Payton would, they would have had more to work with and they would have had, uh, you know, actually a better offense to work with. Because I think someone like Taysom, who's been in that offense, who knows it, who's familiar with it, who Sean Payton for a long time built that offense around after Drew uh, and, and wanted to build that offense around after Drew Brees eventually retired, you would think that that, that it, it would be it, it would just be a slam dunk. And I just don't see what Jameis did this year outside of one fucking quarter. One quarter in one preseason game. He's everyone's he was like, great. oh, oh, he was great throwing the he ball at his receiver, making amazing catches. Like I I, it's I don't chemistry. That's called chemistry. It's called yeah, yeah. And it's called, Marquez Callaway have chemistry. No, and Marquez Callaway is wide receiver number one right now because Michael Thomas is not gonna be playing for the first six games. The Saints are going to be good. Jameis is going to what is Jameis? Comeback Jameis player of the Winston. year. You know what? Comeback player of the year. I'll say it. Okay. All right. Cool. I I want to I'm going to have you back on when we when we talk about uh the end of the season. I want I want to see how that take holds up. But but it'll also, hold up very well because Jameis is a good quarterback. Number 1 overall pick, won a championship in Florida State. Yeah, he did. He's much better than Taysom Hill, so 
He's he's not. But uh, but one thing I can think we can both agree Baloney. on. Baloney. Baloney. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one thing we can both agree on though, I definitely is that Marcus Galloway is going to be wide receiver number one probably for the entire season. Not only because uh, Michael Thomas is a slant machine, but also because. Dude, I don't see Jameis Winston is a gunslinging quarterback. He is he's not like he he wasn't really good in Tampa Bay or wherever he was really with the short routes that Michael Thomas likes to run. I don't think those two are actually made for each other if that makes sense. I think he fits Michael Thomas fits more so of a Drew Brees or even a Taysom Hill type of offense. Like I don't know, man, because Michael Thomas is either the kind of guy who's gonna run like you know like twenty yard post routes and 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 catch the ball like in traffic. I don't think so. I don't think he's he, that guy. He did at Ohio State. I think I think people undersell Michael Thomas because he adapted his game to what Drew Brees was. Like he was running the short routes because that's all the Drew Brees and his noodle arm could really muster these past like four or five years. Um, but I think Michael Thomas being the elite receiver that he is, if he's healthy and in the right headspace, which I'm honestly not totally sure that he is. Um, but if he's, if he's able to give hundred percent of his effort, I, I think he'll be right back being, uh, a top receiver in the league, especially because Jameis isn't afraid to push the ball down the field and he can. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing Michael Thomas prove all those uh, haters and, and doubters wrong, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm back in on Michael Thomas with Jameis as, uh, as the quarterback now. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, he, he started the, he's starting the year on the pup list, so he's going to miss a few games. So we'll see if he can kind of find his groove as they get into the season. And we'll see if you guys can find that like button, smash it so that more people find this video, help out the algorithm, hit that like button, Notification bell, subscribe so you get notified whenever a new video is released. I messed up those words, but it's okay because we're moving on and going back to our predictions, going back to our in-depth, uh, very cutting-edge analysis of the NFL. Uh, and now we're going on to all gut, all gut, all gut, nothing all but gut. gut. Our gutting edge analysis of the NFL. Uh, 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 there we go. Uh, <laughs> to what I think might be the best division in football. The uh, actually, like all these teams, I think. All these teams are actually really good and competitive teams. Uh, but you disagree. It's I okay. disagree. Overrated division. I think it's an overrated division because everybody's like, oh, this team could be good. Oh, that team could be good. They're not all going to be good. One of them's going to suck. So that's that's my prediction. All right. Well, fair enough. We'll get to you. Well, we'll, okay. Okay. Hey, hey. I'm just buddy. saying. I'm just saying. Buddy, buddy, buddy. It's okay. Hey, who, who hurt you? Who hurt you? I, Cliff Kings. I'll, I'll <laughs> Kings be completely honest. Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I'm not a fan, and I think people have been gassing this guy up. Nobody's a fan long. of Cliff Kingsbury. Like the <laughs> only reason he got that job is probably because Bill Belichick made a phone call. No, it's because he was. It's like that was that was the year when it was like if you have yeah. ever known Pat Sean Mahomes, McVay. Oh, no, it was oh, the Pat yeah. Mahomes year. He coached Pat, Pat Mahomes, Mahomes in college, and and it was like you know. Pat Did he have Mahomes. a losing record the year before I, at Texas? He, he got fired. Didn't he get he got, fired at Texas Tech? Oh, so here's what happened with Cliff Kingsbury. He, he had a losing record with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback at Texas Tech. Then he got fired at Texas Tech, took the USC offensive coordinator job for about a week and a half, and then the Cardinals called and said, do you want to be the head coach of an NFL team? Let me rephrase. Let me, let me say that again. He was the offensive coordinator for a college football team before he got hired to be a head coach. He, was never, he got demoted from his college football head coaching job to be an offensive coordinator, and then he got hired as an NFL head coach 
the highest head coaching job he had ever had was at Texas Tech. He was not good there. And then he gets a full-time job in Arizona and everybody thinks that this is going to work out. He's getting fired this year. I, you gotta, we, we should get like a hot seat, like sound effect or something, because this guy is, this guy's getting axed him and Vic both out the door. I will say it like guarantee. I will lock it in. Um, because if you have a number one pick as talented mm-hmm. as Kyler, because I think Kyler's good. I think a little bit on, on the shorter side, we saw him have some issues with that. Um, you know, and, and there's definitely a ceiling, uh, a lower ceiling to how high uh, he can, or I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going too far with the height jokes. Um, but you know, his ceiling might not be as high as other guys just because of physical stature, but it's definitely there. He can lead a team to the playoffs. Cliff Kingsbury, however, just can't like he's not he's not a good head coach he can't coach defense i don't think he has any clue what he's doing on the offense they need to get kyle new head coach if they want to make the playoffs um and i think i know like i know arizona is like the the trendy pick this year to get into the playoffs sneak in no it's it's not happening cliff kingsbury is he's he's not that guy pal not that guy not that guy not that guy well why don't you tell us ben let's uh who is that team that you think is going to make the most impact in this division. Run us through your uh, rankings for this division. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still the Rams for me. I mean, you, when you have Sean McVay and, and you have you bring in Matt Stafford, they're, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about the Rams because there is not a lot of depth. That's my big concern. They spent all their capital and salary cap and draft picks on getting starters and very good starters. Um, the only thing is that they're very thin at every position. So if somebody gets hurt, it could be a problem. We saw that with running backs this offseason. Um, who did they lose? They lost, uh, I, who, I, I don't even remember who their starting running back was, but now they're down to their number two guy, who's a pretty big downgrade from their number one guy. They brought in Sony Michelle to try to help out with that. But, you know, I, the uh, only Sony Sony PlayStation Michelle man that is not that is not a that is not a fix that is a that that is not even that's not even flex seal bro that is like duct tape on your running back issue. <laughs> out in I, LA. I think he's good. I think he's good. He's shifty. You oh, know? I mean he's, he's good. Like duct tape yeah. is you know it's good for like you know like a week, but then like after that man that's not a long term fix. Well, you know running backs they don't they don't make it that long. Either. They just, they just need somebody to get them through the year. That's really all I'm saying. And my, my reason that I'm really high on the Rams is, look, I was always a, uh, a Jared Golf guy. You got to say it like Troy Aikman, Jared Golf. Uh, I always thought he was good. He got into the Super Bowl. I like, can't people forget that. People give up on him. Um, but this offseason, Sean McVay was like, oh, my God, this Stafford guy is incredible. And I'm sitting here going like, I thought Jared Goff was pretty good. But if he's saying this about Stafford, like, that must mean that, like, Goff is about to have a rough year in Detroit because Sean McVay probably made this guy uh, into what he is. Um, so I, the step that the Rams are going to take this year is uh, in terms of how good they are, probably a massive step record-wise. The division's still probably very competitive, so I don't think they'll take that huge of a step record-wise, but I still think they're going to be 12-4. and four. Um, and, and I think at 12-4, and four, we can get some Aaron Donald MVP chatter going. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I don't know if it's going to happen because they love quarterbacks. Yeah. And I think there's too much of a bias there, man. Too much of a bias. But if Aaron Donald is having the type of year that he's been having and the Rams 
are that good. I don't know. I think there's a chance. They'll probably get some votes and there will probably be a discussion. And it's going to wind up probably being either Josh Allen or Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers again or something. But there will be more talk than we've heard in years past. That's all I'm going to say. Just, just, just keep yourselves ready for that. Keep your antennas up. Uh, Seattle, 11 and five. I think Gerald Everett coming over from the Rams. He's a talented guy. And I think Russell Wilson's going to like him. They, uh, they bonded this off season over being big God guys together. So, you know, uh, Russell Wilson and uh, finally having a tight end that he can throw the ball to uh, is a big add for that team uh, on top of Metcalf and Lockett. And, you know, their defense is still pretty, pretty good. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've got that. The 49ers, everybody wants the 49ers to be good. I don't think Jimmy's very good. And I'm going to throw this out there. I think Trey Lance is going to stink. Like, like career-wise, what I'm makes you worried say that? about Trey Lance. What makes he's, you say uh, that? He's not very accurate. He's got a bigger arm than he knows. Like, he, like he's just overthrowing guys. He's putting too much velocity on the ball. I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback. I'm really worried about uh, everyone being like, oh, Kyle Shanahan, quarterback guru. You'll be blown away when he finally gets to pick his own guy. I, I think this guy might stink. Like, it, it's – He'll, he'll have some fun plays throughout his career. Like I'm expecting like, you know, some highlight reel stuff, but overall, I, I don't know if this experiment is really going to go well. And, and he's definitely going to start at some point this year. Um, but I think the seven and nine is indicative of Jimmy G keeping them afloat for a little bit. And uh, then just deciding at some point, like, you know what, we got to see what the kids got. We're not going to win the division. We're not going to make the playoffs. And uh, I think they're just going to wind up seven and nine. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on the 49ers. And I think we might start uh, chipping away at the, the uh, Kyle Shanahan is a, is a genius narrative. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, so here's the thing. I think there were people who wanted to do that over the past few years, but Shanahan always had the excuse that, Oh, well, Jimmy G's injured. Oh, well, Jimmy G's injured. Now, now the Nick Bosa is injured and, and my entire defense is injured. Like, you know, he kind of had that excuse for a while, you know? So, and then he bought himself a lot of time and a lot of clout with that Super Bowl run, by the way, we, I want to make it clear like that that team was really good. It was a really really good team. And I that's why I think I got the, so here's the thing. I have the Rams winning at 11 and 6, but I have both the Seahawks and the 49ers going 10 and 7. The Seahawks, I have there's there's still a lot of issues with this talent surrounding Russell Wilson, that defense outside of of, of Adams, outside of Jamal Adams, who they got. Like they like they still Bobby got Wagner. Bobby Wagner. But outside, like, like, there's just not a lot of depth on that. There's not a lot of experience on that defense outside of those two guys. And look, like Jamal Adams, but the dude, he's not exactly, you know, producing. He's not a playmaking safety. He'll make the tackles in the secondary. He'll stop big plays from happening sometimes if he's on the right side of the field. However, outside of that, he's not the kind of guy who's going to turn the ball. He's not a game-changing type of safety. So, uh, go ahead. I'll flip that on you. I think Jamal Adams is overrated and the rest of the defense is underrated i think the rest of that defense is probably as a unit like i don't know how much jamal adams is really going to do to help them he doesn't like, do much to help anybody yeah, honestly he's, he's like, a blitz guy he's he's not a great cover safety he doesn't have great speed but i mean that entire defense as a whole is just a good unit 
Jamal like, Adams kind of reminds me of every safety the Baltimore Ravens have had over like the past five years. Just like, oh, he, yeah, he's a guy who's there. He 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 blitzes a lot, and he ta- he makes a hell of a lot of tackles. Like like that's 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 kind of what he is in my eyes. But I got so I got some concerns though, also on the offensive line for the Seahawks. They haven't really addressed that at all over the past like, three year. years, I which is wild <laughs> because you you have. You have probably the most talented quarterback in the league in, in Russell Wilson. I think a lot of people would agree with that. But I think Russell Wilson still gets you to those 10 wins. I think he, because that's how good he is, he should win MVP probably every year because he legitimately is probably the most valuable player to his team every year. Um, <laughs> Poor but, Russell Wilson is still well, not going to get an MVP vote this year. He's never going to get it, man. He had, he had a chance. He had a chance, but then Lamar just Lamar balled. And it was, it was yeah, that was... And and the same thing last year. We started off last year. Oh, Russell Wilson never got first and place. Aaron Rodgers got pissed. Aaron right. Rodgers just and, got and, pissed. <laughs> and the Seahawks <laughs> fell off a cliff at the end of the year last year. So I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's just you can't you don't vote for MVP after after nine games. You don't. Sorry, no. you, you, you got to play the works. season. Uh, yep. So, so I got the Seahawks at ten and seven, but I also got the 49ers at ten and seven. And and this is a big asterisk, and I understand that, but the reason I got them at ten and seven is because. I don't think they're going to start Trey Lance this year. The 49ers throughout this entire process have been very open, transparent, and clear about what they want. They want to have be in a situation where they have Trey Lance for the future. That's the guy. And if he's ready to start, they'll put him in. But he didn't beat out Jimmy G in the preseason. We all saw that. He's still got a ways to go. I think we can all agree on that. I think his upside is insane, actually. I think he is, he, he's got great upside. I think he's, he's going to be able to accomplish that with this 49er team. But I think if Jimmy G is healthy, and that's a huge if, I understand that. And I'm being optimistic. I'm being very nice to some of these teams. But if Jimmy G is healthy, I think they can kind of recapture some of the magic that they had in that season where they where they were weren't they the best team in the NFC that year? I think they were. They were the number one seed in the NFC. They might have been. They're not going to be the number one seed in the NFC this year, even with a healthy Jimmy G. But I think that defense is still damn good. Jimmy G that those running backs are amazing. Mostert is a monster and Jimmy G is a guy who still has good chemistry with receivers. He's still a good quarterback. I don't care what anyone says. A lot of people are out here saying, well, Jimmy G, man, he he really turned out to be shit. I'm just like, yeah, oh, no, he's only shit because he doesn't play. If he if he was on the field, if he was able to stay healthy, we would see, we'd be like, okay, yeah, Jimmy G is a good quarterback. I think he's actually a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. A lot of people are out here like being like Kirk, like Bleacher Report had a list where they were like, Kirk Cousins is like the 12th best quarterback in the league. And I was like, oh. Cap, 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 cap. But that's for another day. Um, but so I got them at 10 and 7. I think they will be competitive and I think they're going to be leaning on the running game and that defense. And that is good enough to get them uh, some wins there. I'm being nice again with the Cardinals, 7 and 10. This was like a this was a plus minus situation where I wanted to do a minus, but I did a plus because like Kyler Murray. But that Cliff Kingsbury thing is, I, I think you're right. I think. I think you're right there. I think they're going to want to move on from Cliff Kingsbury after this year because I don't think they're, he's going to, he's the guy to get the most out of Kyler. I think Kyler's going to give you a lot to begin with, but there's so much untapped potential there that Cliff Kingsbury is just not going to be the guy. It's a guy who I think could be uh, in the mix, and I know he's always in the mix, is Josh McDaniels. 
and that is another huge if. But it's just at what point? Bill Belichick's never gonna fucking retire. He's <laughs> never gonna retire. Like, like three years ago, three years ago, Frank Reich became the Colts head coach off a dumb luck after after uh, uh, McDaniel's turned his plane around. By the way, I don't understand how you do that. How do you turn a plane around mid-flight? That's an accomplishment, you, right? You, so you steer got it. You got to steer, steer. You steer it, right? You you, 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 you whip it. It's like yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, well. Hey, I don't know. Hey, I. Good, you've, good on you've him. Never, you've never been on a plane that's had to go back to the airport because of like something that you're sitting there and you're like... I'm just saying, I did yeah, not know Josh die. McDaniels could afford his own plane. That's what, Or, or even to charter his own plane. Like, Ursay can. <laughs> that's who that's no, who no, Ursay can. <laughs> wait, 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 if you're Ursay, why don't you just like... He's like, no. It's like, oh, sir, he's turning the plane around. Fuck no. I'm like, no. <laughs> don't, don't let him turn the plane around. Uh, uh, but it's... Look, I, I think it's going to be a difficult season for uh, the Cardinals. I, this is going to be a very competitive division, though. It, it is every year, but I think especially this year, we're going to see, uh, like, we're going to see your make or break stuff this year from the from some of these teams. I think Pete Carroll is another name that could be on the hot seat, and that is if uh, some things don't go right. Because this, for a long time, that Seattle team, like. Like it, it, it's been like one of those things where yeah, like there's a lot of clear holes and they're not doing a lot to fix those holes. They're not doing a lot to develop some players. Or, so you you keep thinking to yourself, like, at what point are we going to get to the point where it's like maybe Pete Carroll, maybe Pete Carroll isn't doing enough and maybe he's not the guy to lead this team forward. Yeah, I feel like that that pops up every now and it's the same thing with Mike Tomlin where it's like you hear those like little whispers of oh, well, well, maybe. Mike Tomlin's a much better coach than Pete Carroll. I have similar track records. I don't know. They both got a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mike Tomlin's been to two. Not so to speak, Carroll. Uh, yep. but, but Mike Tomlin's <laughs> done it more consistently under like multiple, like like. Well, 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 yeah, similar, well, similar guys. Yeah, similar I don't, guys. I, I don't think so. I think, I think Mike Tomlin offers more to these teams. Also, uh, Pete Carroll hasn't been in a situation where he's lost his his franchise quarterback. Uh, for for a year, like he's always had Russell Wilson. Elite. Like Russell Wilson has never missed a game. So again. well, he started with Hasselbeck there. But anyway, anyway. oh yeah, that that seven to nine <laughs> team that made the playoffs. Oh God, Beastquake here. Yep. Yeah, Beast. Oof. Yeah, he also had Marshawn Lynch. Anyway, uh, but let's move <laughs> on and talk about another division that I'm excited to talk about because remember how I said there were two teams that I that I like knew off the bat. I looked at them, I was like, this is gonna be your record this year. And I know it. <laughs> One of those teams was in this division. Let's talk about the NFC North. So the NFC North last year was won by the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers went on his revenge tour. He's probably gonna go on another revenge tour this year. And then somehow the Chicago Bears got into the playoffs again going 8 and 8, 7 and 9 for the Minnesota Vikings and 5 and 11 last year for the Detroit Lions. Uh, ben, what do you make of the landscape of this division? Because we all know the package of the class of this division, but outside of them, like the, these the other three teams, these could be some interesting teams just to find out who, who makes second place in this division. <laughs> I, I saw your 7 8 and 2 for Minnesota and Oh yeah, I got a whole when, thing when I tell that. you when I tell you that the same thought crossed my mind that Minnesota was going to have one tie, I was thinking about putting down the seven, eight and, uh, and two. seven, eight and two for them also, <laughs> but I wound up coming down on six and 10 after uh, some reshuffling of the deck. Um, look, Chicago, I, this, is, this is probably it for Matt Nagy. Um, 
Zimmer also in Minnesota. I'm a little worried about him. Um, I, but I think he might just kind of be in like a, a staring contest with Kirk Cousins to see if he can outlast Kirk Cousins in Minnesota because they hate each other, those two. Um, I, On the actually, team, I don't know the if, team really hates yeah. Kirk Cousins too. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Zimmer, I don't know if Kirk Cousins hates Zimmer. I think Mike Zimmer would kill Kirk Cousins if he was told he could get away with it. Yeah. Um, I think the Lions are going to do better than people think. I'm just throwing that out there. I think everybody's very low on Dan Campbell because this is the the 21st century and people are afraid of masculinity these days. And that's just a horrible thing. Uh, But look, they got Jared Goff in there. And uh, again, same thing as I was saying with the Jets. I think the guys are just going to like playing for Dan Campbell. And that that just little intangible bump is going to get them uh, to like a, a respectable seven and nine where they can look at next year and go, you know what? Maybe we're building something. Mm -hmm. Detroit, chill out. Detroit. Um, you're not building anything. It's not got to, you got to ease off the, uh, the gas on that one. It's not really going anywhere, but we all, I think everybody's pretty much sold that uh, the Packers are kind of going to be going scorched earth in Aaron Rodgers last year. Uh, I would not be surprised to see them at least give the bucks a run for coming out of the, uh, the NFC this year. But yeah, I mean, that's been their M.O. They get to the NFC Championship game, but can they get past it? Aaron Rodgers hasn't done that uh, since he won the Super Bowl back in 2010. So, I mean, I think I think the Packers are my pick to come out of the NFC. And and we'll, we'll get into that, I think, in a little bit. But for this division, Packers are the class. Don't have to explain it. You outlined that perfectly. I think this is going to be Matt Nagy's last year. I think this is going to be uh, everyone's last year. I think there's two, there's actually going to be two uh, regime changes that could happen in in two teams in this division. I think Minnesota, if 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 they have a bad year and if Kirk Cousins does the same thing, I think Mike Zimmer's out. I think the GM's out. I think they clean house completely and start over because they did not pay Kirk Cousins uh, two. The only two fully guaranteed contracts in NFL history to to go seven and eight and and one playoff win in five years. That's not what they paid him for. But and but I have the Minnesota Vikings going seven eight and two. And the reason <laughs> I have that them going seven eight and two is because it's the Minnesota Vikings. I need no other reason. There's an extra added game. They're probably gonna tie that too. And lo and behold, I was consistent. I kept them ties in the division. Because if there's any division that's going to have some ties, it's probably going to be this one. Um, and I got the Lions. I agree with you. I think there, Jared Goff's another guy who gets a lot of flack. Uh, Jared, Jared, Jared Golf. Golf. Jared, Jared like Troy Aikman. Jared, Jared Golf is, is a guy who gets... J-E-R-E-D-G-O-L-F. Jared Golf. <laughs> There's, there were a lot of letters in there. All right, <laughs> yeah. So, but Jared Golf is is a guy who's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna surprise a lot of people, I think. And I'm not saying, oh, he's gonna like go on MVP campaign. Like, no, they're gonna go eight and eight. He's gonna be good. He's going to be good. It's it's also has something to do with the fact that they probably got the best left tackle that we've seen come out of the draft in the past few years in Panay Sewell. Like I, you can, I, you can I, ship back I, that I, later. I, you can, I, well, I was going to say, I think they're trying to move him from left tackle and it's not going too well. I, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He, he can't not work. I'm, I promise you <laughs> anyway. Um, but I think, I, I think he's going to have the protection he he's gonna be out to prove some people wrong too. He's gonna be decent. I'm not saying he's gonna throw for 40 touchdowns. I could see him going 
28 touchdowns, like, you know, 13 interceptions. That is a solid year. That is exactly what I would expect from Jared Goff. Remind you, I, I know Sean McVay did a lot of the play calling, did a lot of the work in, in, in the, in the, in the pre-snap analysis for him back in the day, in, in, uh, back in the day, like two years ago, in, in, um, in <laughs> Los <year>. Angeles <laughs> last year. Yeah. But, it, but the one thing that, that people need to remember is this is still a guy. He, he went out there and executed. He, he when when push comes to shove, he's, he can go out there and execute, and it's not always gonna be pretty. It's not always gonna be you know great, but that's not what Jared Goff is. And I'm kind of sick of people looking at Jared Goff like he's a bust, like because he's not a bust. You want to you, you want to know what a bust looks like? Jamarcus Russell was a bust. We'll watch that man play. You want to know what a bust? Achilles Smith was a bust. There are a lot of people in NFL history who who you can label bust, but Blake Bortles. Is probably a is definitely a bigger bust if we're talking about that than uh, than uh, than Jared Golf. So I'm sick of that stuff. I'm sick of all the all, all the talking heads being like, "Well, Jared Golf should have been out of here years ago." The only reason Jared Golf got out of of the uh, uh, out of the Rams was because this offer for Matt Stafford came forward. And look, this might be a hot take. Matt Stafford, in my eyes, is he an improvement on Jared Golf? Yes. Is he a is he like a game changing uh, like like improvement for them? Eh, I don't think so. I think he's going to be better. He's probably going to execute a lot of things better. But is he the difference for that team to get to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I, I don't think he is that guy. And if you ask me honestly, all the picks that they gave up to get him and trading away Jared Goff, I think that I think that's probably going to end up hurting them in the long run. But. We'll see, but I got the, yeah. We I just love how I went on a long Jared. I'm the only one who's ever going to go on this Jared Golf rant. Um, I, but I, look, I'm right there with you. I'm a Jared Golf guy through and through. I think I think he's a fine quarterback. He's he's really approaching that like uh, you remember how there used to be the Philip Rivers line where it's like, would you rather have your quarterback or Philip Rivers? And then it's like, if your quarter, if you would rather have Philip Rivers than your quarterback, then it's time to find a new quarterback. I think Jared Golf is approaching. Uh, he's like the new guy for that because uh, it was Rivers for a little bit. Then he got better. Then it was Andy Dalton. It used to be the Andy Dalton line. And now Andy Dalton's below the Andy Dalton line. And I think uh, it's now going to be the Jared golf line. Would you rather have your quarterback or Jared golf? And yeah. Yeah, you never know. He's I good. agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. They're actually like that. That's a good ass comparison. Like, like, Cause like that was the other thing. Like like Philip Rivers was also one of those guys. Like, is he elite? Like like was Philip Rivers an elite quarterback? Yeah, some years, sometimes. Yeah. Like like was Jared Goff elite? People thought so for a little bit. Like I, I think he kind of does fit that mold a little bit. Like he like all things considered, he's a good quarterback, and that's fine because there's always room for good quarterbacks in the NFL. Um. Anyway, let's keep up. Let's keep it going and talk about now the NFC South, which. Lo and behold, holds the Super Bowl, the defending Super Bowl champions from last year. So the NFC South has uh, has some very interesting storylines. The Tampa Bay Bucks, who won the Super Bowl last year, brought back all 22 of their starters from the Super Bowl. The One of the first teams to do it in the modern era. That is a crazy stat. It's also crazier considering the fact that Tom Brady is coming off of a Super Bowl MVP. He's turning age 44, and he does not look like he's slowing down. We both, I think, agree that the Bucs are the class of this division. 
The Saints, they got some questions at quarterback. If Jameis can steady the ship no or whatnot. It's a, no it's a question what, what he can do in the regular season. We'll see about that. The Panthers have a lot of questions about a lot of things. Uh, Sam Darnold, I like the kid. Is he going to be the guy? We'll see. And finally, uh, the Dirty Birds and those dirty uniforms. Uh, ben, why don't you uh, tell me what you think about the NFC South? Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm only putting that one loss on the Bucks just because I feel like it would be irresponsible not to. But I have thrown out the take numerous times throughout this offseason that I think the Tampa Bay Bucks just might not lose this year. I think there's a real possibility. They're, they're just a, a wagon, that team, just a complete wagon. They ran through uh, the playoffs last year. And I mean, the team that gave them the most trouble was like Taylor Heineke in Washington. Like they, they were only getting better as the season went on. They started off rough um, and then they just hit a hot patch. And now that they finally gelled like that, those teams, I, I can say like talent wise, this mm-hmm. team is better than the Patriots team that went seven, that went 16 and over whatever that year. I, this, this, I don't think I've ever seen a complete team like this coming off a championship, ready to run it back like the Bucks are. I, I mean, I, I mean, fifteen and one is like low end for me. I really think that there's a chance that they just might not lose this year because I think Tom Brady's just a psycho, um, and he does care about winning that much. And I think everybody else on the team is that bought into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Otherwise, you know, you've got New Orleans. I think that if, if the Bucks do lose, it will come to Jameis. I think Jameis is uh, – he's that guy. Um, and, look, he's, he's rebuilding his reputation down there. And uh, who, who better to learn from than Sean Payton and Drew Brees last year? Um, so I, I think the Saints will be all right. Uh, I know everybody's worried about Jameis turning the ball over. But, you know, what I said before, he's got LASIK. He can see the linebackers now. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's accurate. The Saints are the Saints are on the right direction. They're on the right path with Jameis. They're going to get you know ten to fifteen years out of him, and they'll be great. Um, who else do we got? The Panthers. Okay, I've got them at seven and nine. I think Sam Darnold is going to improve, just because that's what happens when you get away from Adam Gase. I mean, it seems <laughs> like the, I mean you know Tannehill. This is this is just something that is a pattern that you just can't. I don't know, man. Ignore. Go ask Jay Cutler. He got divorced. <laughs> Like he got away from Adam Gase and what do you do? He got divorced. Well, he, well, he, what he got divorced. And then last week he was like, it's not going too well out here for me. <laughs> so, so I had to say, yeah, man, they got a struggling. Jay Cutler had to start a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but I think, I think Carolina is going to be a little bit better with Sam Darnold. And I think Sam Darnold might be the guy. Um, I don't know if that means he's going to get them to the playoffs ever or, you know, show up every now and then, but I think uh, he could have like a, a Matt Ryan esque career down there in Carolina where, you know, he, he keeps them afloat. They're usually good. They sneak into the playoffs every now and then he's just a reliable starter. Um, watch out for Robbie Anderson too, because him and Robbie Anderson oh. played together with the Jets. They love each other. Um, big time fantasy sleeper. I'm not a fantasy football guy, but I'll, I'll give you the advice. It's for free. Just, you know, to everybody watching out there, go, go get Robbie Anderson. And uh, yeah, the Falcons, <laughs> the three and 13 is mostly because they're not good. That's the number one reason. Kyle Pitts is cool. He's going to be yeah. fun. He's going to be very good one day. 
I don't know if that's going to be this year just because their defense can't really stop anybody. Um, and my other hope with the three and 13 is that, um, all right, let me just lay this out here for you. Josh Rosen is one of my most favorite players in the league because he's very entertaining. I don't know if you've ever read his stat lines, but the stat lines that he puts up are some of the most bizarre things you've ever read. Nine of 20 for like 200 yards and three touchdowns and two picks. I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. Um, Oh, you were obviously not watching Joe Flacco play football in 2009, sir. (laughs) Every single game that Josh Rosen plays has a bizarre stat line, like 11, like I'll just make one up right now, but it could fit in. 11 of 32 for 205 yards, no touchdowns and no picks. Like, like that's the kind of game that Josh Rosen plays. He does not complete passes. He's not good, but he's young. He's a former, uh, very high draft pick and he's currently Atlanta's backup. So you have an aging Matt Ryan, you're sitting there at, you know, two and 10, you got those last couple games and you just go, you know what, let's, Let's see what we got in Josh Rosen. And we all know what you've got in Josh Rosen. Not a starting quarterback, not a good quarterback, probably not a guy that should even be on the roster to begin with. But I'm hoping that they're bad so that we can see the Falcons, see what they have in Josh Rosen, because that would be very entertaining for me. Just You, you just got to get a couple more, like 21 of 28 for 81 yards and, and two touchdowns and four interceptions. Like I, He's going to find a way. He just finds a way. I don't know how he does it. He's a magician. I what was Josh that stat Rose. line you said earlier? 11 of, of what? 11 of 32 for 212 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Are oh, you looking I, at his game logs right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, his game logs. Get, just just give, me some of them. give me some of them. So, so some of them. the closest one you got to was 11 of 26 for 149 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, in a way, had, by the way, there against was the Packers, a, a win against the Packers. There was a 9 of 23 game, I think. Oh, yeah, no, right? the 9, nine of 20, 20 game. I, I watched that. It was against the Raiders. I, I played very close to that. That was... That was his Flacco-esque game. Um, he also had a 23 of 40 for 252, two touchdowns, one pick. Um, it, it, oh, that one's just sad. That's a little... <laughs> he just... Oh, 21 of 39, one touchdown, three picks. That's just sad. I mean, Josh Rosen's one of those guys to me. He got a... There, there's there's like not a lot of people who can legitimately say, you know, they they didn't get a fair shot at it. No, 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 no. He, I need to correct he, you on that. He stinks. He, he's a terrible quarterback no, because when he was in terrible. Miami. No, 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 no. He's not. When he, was in, when he was in Miami that year, when we were all, it was the year that you were saying, oh, they're not going to go anywhere. It's uh, Fitzpatrick. I wasn't starting. saying that. People were saying that. I just reiterate what the people were saying. When people were saying that. And Josh Rosen started that year. He was doing the same exact stat line. So I was, and I was doing the same thing where I was like, ah, oh, poor but he Josh started Rosen like, never got a fair He shot. started like two games that year, though. He started like two games that year. Look, look, look. I'm six not games saying, no, 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 no. garbage. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm okay. I'm, how about this? Let me explain what I mean. In comparison to other first round picks, and other franchise guys, Josh Rosen did not, I think, get the he didn't get the opportunity that he probably should have to become a franchise guy. I'm not saying he's going to be one. I think he has a lot of untapped potential, though. I look, I think he oh. does. I think <laughs> no. he legitimately does have a lot of untapped potential. I because you see the way he throws the ball. This like he can be a guy who can be a journeyman backup in the league like that. I see that. I just look. 
He's like three years in. He's been on goddamn like six teams now, all right? He's already a journeyman like, like three years in the league, all right? This is a guy who was picked, what, 12th overall back in 2018, somewhere around there by the Cardinals? I ninth. I think he was ninth. I think he was a top 10 pick. Yeah, either way. But I think there is legitimately some untapped potential. I think we will see Josh Rosen. We'll find out because he's going to play. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, he's oh, probably yeah, going he to play is. unless the Falcons do what uh, what they're what they've done the past few years, which is have terrible starts of the year and then just rattle off like four wins in a row to end the year, and everyone's just confused and and Atlanta's just wondering what could have been. But I got them at five and twelve. I I got the Saints at seven and ten because I just not sold on Jameis. Hopefully, he can change my mind. I'm open to that. I like players. Um, well, he will change your mind. I got you right the now, Panthers at seven and ten. I think Sam Darnold is going to kind of he's going to play well. I just think that team is a, just they, they don't they're missing some key pieces. I think they're going in the right direction though. I think Matt Rule is going to be uh, a, a a coach who's going to get that team to the playoffs, possibly even next year. They ha- they just need to get some pieces on that defense. So that being said. You already said it. The Bucks, Tom Brady, they're going to be on the tear. Got them at 14-3. and three. Again, don't really know what that means. All I know is that's a good-ass record. It's one of the best records I got in the entire league. Actually, I think it's the, the best record I got in the entire league. So 14-3. and three. I think a long season, they're, they're, there's going to be some hiccups in there. It's going to happen. But this is a team that, like, like we said, the only thing that's going to stop these, this team is themselves. Last year, they only got better as the season went along. That was the only team in the NFL that I really saw that consistently got better. We already knew the Chiefs were going to be good, and they were good consistently throughout the year. The Pittsburgh Steelers got worse as the year went along, and and they were eleven and zero. So, I think the Bucks are the class of the entire conference. Uh, the only other team that I think is going to take them down will are the Packers. I think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is out for blood like nobody else. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a kind of like a Brady run did last year. Like he he's going to go out there and just win a Super Bowl just cause, and then he's going to be like the first ever like franchise quarterback since Trent Dilfer, by the way, who had a very interesting week, um, to leave leave the te- leave a Super Bowl winning team after winning the Super Bowl as a quarterback. So. Hey, that that's my take on the uh, NFC South, but we we both agree that the the, the Falcons they need they just need to push a full they, trade Matt Ryan full reset button just for, go for who who's gonna take Matt Ryan I think Matt Ryan's just gotta I mean he's he someone, might just someone will take I don't know uh, the Denver don't know Denver who likes tall quarterback who likes tall white quarterbacks John Elway he'll take him. Don't even tell me I'm lying. You know damn well John Elway is looking over there at Matt Ryan available. This is a guy who traded a fourth-round pick for Joe fucking Flacco in 2018. Well, here's the thing. John Elway's not in charge of the day-to-day operations of the Broncos anymore because he promoted himself to more of an oversight role. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're dealing with George Payton right now who uh, – Who's the, who's the uh the former Vikings guy? So you might be looking at somebody in the Kirk Cousins mold. He's gonna be a free agent this offseason. Oh, get say. there, yo! Bring back Case Keenum, round saying. number two, baby. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey! By the way, okay, legitimately though, I, I I don't know about you, I think for as much money as they paid Kirk Cousins and the results they got, they should have just stuck with Case Keenum. You could have paid Case Keenum a lot less money and get yielded yes. at least a similar or even a better result because he because here's the thing, Stephon Diggs actually liked Case Keenum, <laughs> like like. Yeah. Like, like that was like that, that that's always gonna be mind boggling. Like like I if like it was someone like Matt Stafford, I might understand it. Like or if it was like, you know, like another quarterback, I'm just like, 
case or Kirk Cousins? Like, really? They like, did what the Rams did. They decided we will pay a lot of we will pay a lot, whether it's assets or money, to mm-hmm. upgrade just a little bit because we think this little bit of an upgrade is going to get us to the next level, even though we were already pretty good. They so, were, dude, they were thirteen and three with Case Keenum at the helm. They got a fluke here. They got a fluke here, but yeah. I, I mean, I think there was some legit chemistry. Anyway, that's not what the no, topic is. I mean, is. there was, but I mean, Case Keenum's not a thirteen and three quarterback. That no, was. Well, that was well, like, I'm not saying. Well, no, no, no. He's not. A, that was a thirteen and three team, though. With him there is what I'm sure. Like, if does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. With, 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 with Case Cousins, Keenum, Kirk Cousins actually took away wins, and it's not only because of his playing style and everything. It's also has to do with the fact that his teammates just didn't like him. It's so weird. Stefan Diggs demanded a trade because he said, "I don't want to play for this man." There's shots of Adam Thielen yelling at this dude. There's Jordan Jefferson being like, throw me the goddamn ball. <laughs> and he's a rookie. Uh, but it, or he was a rookie last year. Like, it's just, I'm just like, dude, how do you, how do you, how are you like the, this franchise quarterback who puts up good stats, really good stats, but you're shit at your job of being the, the leader of the team. I'm just laughing over the, uh, the clip from last year when you had the empty stadiums and you had the hot mic. Oh Cash, my god. Justin Jefferson. Fuck Kirk. Throw the damn ball. <laughs> that shit was amazing, bro. Uh but we need we need the uh best thing the XFL ever did was like uh the, the sideline interviews. I want you I want I like like it was like during the games. I want to see like you know Michelle Tafoya go up to uh Case or uh, Kirk Cousins right after he threw a pick and ask him, Kirk, what happened on that play? <laughs> Like, that would be amazing. Those are like, the, oh, my God. Dude, hashtag bring back the XFL. Bring back everything. Oh, it's coming back. It's coming back. This it's coming uh, back, man. Bring Winter, Throw up right. the X for the D.C. defenders, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Dez can play there. Because uh, he's damn sure not playing in the NFL right now. On the shield. Hang on. Oh, you got it. You got it. Good shit. Right here. How do I uh, get this in the middle of the frame? I don't know how cameras Were you at whatever. the Cup Snake game? I was at all the games. I was at all the home games. The oh two my. Wait, so you were at the last the last one before COVID? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that was a Cup Snake game. That was the most iconic. That was the most iconic thing I've ever seen live. And I went, yeah, yeah. I will. I will be at the games again this year. Don't In- care. I don't Inshallah. care how cold it is. Mm-hmm. Inshallah. <laughs> um, let's move on and talk about the best division ever. The main event of this entire program: the NFC East. Will a will a winning team win this division? God help us all. The NFC East last year was won by the Washington football team, which still doesn't have a name. At seven and nine, it was a it was a weird year, but it was also an NFC East year. Six and ten almost won this division last year. Ben, what is the landscape of this division right now? I mean, it's weird because I can't. I can't look at the teams and say that any of them have gotten a lot better. It seems like they're all kind of trying to do the same thing and just hoping that people don't get hurt. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Giants are the same team as last year. I feel like Washington's pretty much the same team as last year. I don't know how much Dwayne Haskins being gone changes things. I think it's just like Fitzpatrick is just as chaotic as that entire situation they had last year. I mean, the Eagles are the Eagles. I mean, they're the Eagles. And what, the Cowboys have Dak back. And that's really all I've got on, on them. I mean, it's like, you know, they were they were terrible last year, Dallas. And uh, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like they just haven't been good lately with Dak. Their offensive line is not what it was that year that they went like 
you know, 12 and four his rookie year. And everyone's like, Oh my God, Dak Prescott's the new guy. That was because of the offensive line, they were running the ball. Like crazy. Zeke's not the young kid that he once was. The offensive line is a completely different unit. And, uh, you know, their defense is still not very good. So, I mean, they, I don't know. What are they going to count on Dak to throw for 6,000 yards this year? Like, you know, just garbage time points. I, I don't, I don't know what to expect. Oh, gonna be, there's going to be plenty of that in this division. Yeah. I mean, I, I think them being nine and seven is going to probably be fine to, enough to win the division just because, you know, I guess having your starting quarterback back and having CD lamb in his second year, I mean, what they're going to, they're going to be winning games like, you know, 40 to 35. That's just what's going to happen this year. They're just going to have to outscore their opponents. Like that's, I know that really dumbs it down because that's how you win football games. But like when, when they, when they give up 30, it's going to be like, all right, we got to go score 40. And it's, and that's not going to be an unreasonable thing to ask. Like, I think if Dallas is sitting around and saying, look, we need to score 35 to win today. That's something that their offense can do. They can pull that out. Um, But, you know, I mean, for the other teams, Washington is just, you know, it's what I said. I don't, I don't know how much Fitzpatrick is going to be an upgrade over the entire situation they had last year. I mean, Fitzpatrick being Fitzpatrick, he's probably not going to start the whole year. We're probably going to see some Taylor Heineke just because Fitzpatrick is just like bench fodder. Mm. Um, The Giants stink. Garbage. Um, Hopefully, as as somebody who wants to be able to root for the Giants, but just can't because Dave Gettleman's in charge. Hopefully, it's the last year for Dave Gettleman. Um, it better be too. He picked. Uh, we'll uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. From, no, I'll tell you. From the moment he was hired, I was I was sitting in Florida trying to enjoy my Christmas vacation, and I get an alert that the Giants fired Jerry Reese, and that the front runner for the job was going to be Dave Gettleman. And I was like, well, there goes the next five years. Like. It, the, and right you, in, were, I, right you were right you were when when a guy's been around the league for that long they don't change like that they they are just they are who they are um so yeah that's the giants are not going to be good again um not a whole lot of talent there i know they tried to bring in kenny galladay i don't know what he adds he's not like a a number one receiver he's he's a goal line guy he's not a guy who's like a game breaker um so that also need, he also needs a quarterback to actually throw him the ball Accurately. Right. And Daniel, and Daniel Jones is not good. I mean, when my, my thought with Daniel Jones, he was supposed to be a third round pick and everybody said he got overdrafted. And when I look, I'll, I'll say it, I evaluated him. I grinded the tape and I said that he was a third round pick. And I knew that the giants were going to wind up taking him because it's Dave Gettleman. And if he was supposed to be a third round pick, then we should treat him like a third round pick. I don't know why he keeps getting chances because if this were any other third round pick, like this guy would not be starting games anymore. They would have moved on from him by now because but, Dave, because Dave Gettleman hooked his entire future to Daniel Jones and it has to work <laughs> like that. That's what it's it down to. And it won't. And, and it's not going to, I mean, I yep. think everybody can pretty clearly see that he's not good and we knew he wasn't going to be good. It's only that yep. they picked him in the first round that everybody's like, well, we got to give him a chance. He's a first round pick. No, they made him a first-round pick. He doesn't need a chance because he's a first-round pick. They made him a first-round pick. Everybody knew that he's not a first-round pick. Um, and then I just want to make a point though about Jones yeah, yeah, yeah. before you before we move on because like like which for me Jones when he was coming out, I saw Jones as his ceiling was he can be a good quarterback. 
that was his, that's always going to be his ceiling, and it was never going to go above. It, like, even like, I, I was like, is there even like a 10% chance he can be in a league? No. There, like, he is a, his ceiling is, this guy can turn into a good quarterback. And I think from what we've seen, there are a lot of times where Daniel Jones looks very competent. There's a lot of times where he looks like, oh, well, he can play the quarterback position. It reminds me a lot when I see Joe Flacco nowadays play quarterback. And I mean that, and I genuinely mean that. Because when you watch Joe Flacco play, you're like, this is a guy who can play quarterback. That's about it. He's not like, you know, and 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 Jones is young. He's got some times where you're just like, oh, what the fuck? He's got some the, some uh, some wacky Eli moments to him. He's actually a lot like Eli Manning. It's kind of scary how, how yeah. similar he is to Eli Manning in a lot of ways. But I see... But for Jones, my thing, I never understood why he was picked so high because it was so obvious that his ceiling was just not there. It's Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, you can say the same thing about him too with Washington. I, I thought you could have gotten him in the second round. You, you should have gotten him in the third or fourth round, honestly, with Daniel Jones because he was he was a more of a system like you need to protect him, have a strong running game, great defense, bring out the 2008 Baltimore Ravens, put Daniel Jones in there. That team will make the playoffs. But uh, like the 2007 Giants, that team will make the playoffs. But the, the 20, what was it, 2018 Giants or 2019 Giants, whatever it was, they're not. And, you know, it, it's it, it's so weird. It also tells you how much people can know, know about uh, evaluating talent. When Daniel Jones and Dewey Haskins went in the first round, fucking Gardner Minshew went in the sixth round, and he's like outperforming all of them. Like it's just again, it just shows you how incompetent I think the whole draft process, how much of a crapshoot it is. Honestly, too, it's just like sometimes it's just dumb luck. Yeah, and and they'll always pick like potential and talent over production. And we saw Gardner be a great like he he's producing. He's going to step in and he's going to produce. It doesn't matter like what the situation is. He's going to produce. Daniel Jones has the potential to be good, but he never really produced when he was in college. His numbers stunk. He wasn't completing passes. Like, I mean, you could say like, okay, yeah, maybe he can put everything together, but you know, he, there was never a track record that would make you feel confident in that happening. The only thing I'll say on Daniel Jones and and picking him that high is one, they're lucky it wasn't Haskins because it could have been Haskins and they could have been stuck with that, which would have been even worse. So, okay. Lucky there. The other thing is that the Giants that year had two first-round picks. They had picks, whatever it was, six, and then I think they had 17, and they picked Dexter Lawrence at 17. They could have picked a much better player at six and waited for uh, Jones at 17 or waited for Haskins at 17. Maybe Haskins has a different outcome. Who knows? But, you know, you didn't have to reach on Jones, and now there's such a magnifying glass under him because he was a top-10 pick in a year that Kyler Murray, or if you say his name really fast, which I realized the other day, Calamari, um, he was really the only good quarterback that year that anybody was like worth picking. Like yeah. they could have waited till the next year when Justin Herbert went. Like there were they they there were so many things that they could have done. They did not need to take a quarterback that year. Dave Gettleman, not the smartest guy. Anyway, Eagles four and twelve. We already went through what's going to happen with them and their quarterback situation. Jalen Hurts is probably not going to be the starter next year, and they'll be picking a quarterback. So yeah. there's that. Fair. Um, like, like you said, I think it, it's going to be, this is an NFC East year. I I don't think a losing team is going to win though. I want to say I have the Washington football team winning at eight, eight and one. And that is an exact eight, eight and one. That is going to be their record that, that, that 
Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but I mean, well, you can't. You you picked them to go eight, eight, and one too. But um, I also did. That's the eight, 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 The seventeen, the seventeen game season, man. <laughs> this the beauty of it. It's more ties, more chances for ties. Um, but I got the Washington football team winning this. I think whether it's a combination of Fitzpatrick or Heineke, I think either way. They're going to be able to steady the ship, at least within the division, and carry them to competing for it. They're right up there with the Cowboys. I got the Cowboys losing out or, or losing out on the winning the division at eight and nine because that is a losing record. I did the math on this. Eight and eight and one is better than eight and nine. So Cowboys are going to be losing uh, probably like. They're going to lose one to Washington probably because they all these teams lose to each other somehow. Um, and I think they're going to end up faltering as, as the season goes on. I just think it's going to unravel. I, I think Mike McCarthy doesn't have the protection of Aaron Rodgers being great uh, on this team. And that's no disrespect to Dak or anyone else. It's just the way the Cowboys operate they, they're just they're just not built like that. They are going to have they're going to struggle this year and they're, and look, it's going to be a testament for them going to eight and nine, given whatever is going to happen this year, because something's going to happen. Um, Eagles will go six and eleven, and I believe majority of those wins will be with Minshew at the helm. I think, and I, it's, it's again, I, I feel bad saying because I like Jalen Hurts, I like all the quarterbacks in the Eagles have, all of them. They are like I like all of them. I have reason to to genuinely feel for them, but. I think Jalen Hurts is in a shitty situation where he's a young guy who's going to be put on a bad team, and he does, and he just doesn't have the experience like someone like a Flacco, like someone like a Minshew to deal with some of those situations. I think he's gonna. There's going to be situations where he might rely on his legs too much because of the bad situation that he's in, as because of how shitty that line is, because of how they don't have any receivers and all that. So it's going to be a tough year for them. Nick Sirianni, might, he might be the next uh, Steve Wilkes. He might get fired after one year. And then, look, he might have just – look, we, we talk about, you know, placeholder quarterbacks. We're in the era of placeholder coach, buddy. Like that, I, think, I think we're in the era of that because Nick Sirianni, he's the poster boy for placeholder uh, coach. Um, and this is the year where the Giants, I think they, they need full reset. Like I, I talked about the Falcons. Dude, it's just, just go full on, tear it all down rebuild every little bit you might actually be just as good as you are this year if not better next year because of it because you can't really go too much below what you are now daniel jones the experiment uh, look daniel jones experiment failed uh, we don't have to retread waters i think uh they're gonna go four and twelve and one and uh they're just and they're just they're just going to do what the giants do i think they're just not that talented of a team they can't even compete in this division so and also all these Giants fans who are complaining, hey, we almost made the playoffs last year. Six and ten. Fuck off. Six and ten. If a six look, a seven and nine I can stomach a seven and nine team making the playoffs, you know, every like whatever, ten years or whatever. I'm not, a six and ten team and you and they had the audacity to complain <laughs> about the Eagles putting in their backup quarterback and losing that game and be like, Oh, we missed we, we only missed out on the playoffs because oh fuck off. Six and ten. Win yeah. another game. Exactly. You you do not have the right to complain or say that you were close when you're six and ten. You're a six and ten team. You're no better than the, the other teams in the other divisions that went six and ten and are picking, you know, tenth overall also. You're six and ten. You're bad. If you were good, 
you would have been better. Hell, if also, I was Miami, I'd be mad. No, Miami has like yeah. you're Miamie Dolphins, man. Yeah, be pissed off. You're ten and six. You didn't yeah. make the playoffs in a in a seven game <laughs> in a seven team uh, playoff format. That's actually wild. But yeah, yeah. continue. Yeah. No, I mean, and my other my other note on the Eagles, uh, all three of their quarterbacks are below the Jared Golf line. So that's that's a rough situation to be in. And also, I think like, Minshew's upside is bigger than Golf's, though. Uh, well, but but okay, anyway. he's also young. He's also young. I mean, dude, he look. He's look in in a in a much different and worse situation. He put up better stats than and did actually better seven and thirteen as a starter than Golf did. Yeah, I just feel like Gardner's like he is what he's going to be, which is he's like he's fine. He's a pretty good like backup and like he'll step in and place it like he's the new Fitzpatrick like that. He's he is what he's going to be. He is a meme, too. Much better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we love him. Everybody loves Gardner. But yeah, I mean, what you were saying about Howie before, I would not be surprised if they decide to clean house. If Sirianni's looking like an idiot out there, uh, if they just nuke everything and start over because if they're going to be picking that high i've got them at four and 12 they're going to be picking high they're going to be in the market for a quarterback you don't want to leave an idiot coach to babysit your first overall pick quarterback uh especially when you have a new gm you gotta have everybody on the same yeah rattler the rattler cannot be coached by Sirianni. he cannot allow for that to happen (laughs) i i just love uh how we we just like we spent this like almost this entire like segment on the nfc east just talking about how like three of these four teams are going to clean house we didn't even say a positive thing about washington we're just like yeah washington's going to win this division by default i mean look the one thing washington does have going from that defense is tough that that, they have they have a a great defense they have a a, Mm -hmm. one of the i think outside of the rams because aaron donald's is just amazing uh they might have the best defensive line in football Uh, i like the, the yeah, like they they got like those some they got some beasts over there. I don't know, I don't know what you're gonna call them because they don't have a name. Uh, but but the Washington Warrior. Uh, I don't fucking know. Uh, but hogs, hey, the Hogs two point. Hogs, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, anything else on the NFC East? Um, I like Joe Judge. I think Joe Judge is the guy. I think that everybody else around him is bad. I think Joe Judge is the right guy at the wrong time. I think he's just, like mm. he's just gonna end mm. up, yeah. Like it, it's like uh, kind of like Bruce Arians those last few years in uh, Arizona, yeah. right guy, right coach, just the not the right time. Um, yeah, it it does it does. Um, okay, uh, last few things we'll go over and then we can wrap up because I know we're we're gone a little bit. We're gone like what, two. Ooh, we're gone like two sixteen. Nice. Um, anyway, uh. Bowl predictions. That's what the graphic says. Bowl predictions. Uh, so, Ayo, give me like uh some bowl predictions you got. What's like one big prediction you got that you think like genuinely could happen this year? I think Carolina could make the playoffs. I'll throw that out there. That's like that's I think pretty Carolina bold. Make the playoffs, uh, you know, but it's also uh, like not bold too because I'm just like yeah, like, I mean that, that that they got potential. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. How do I go bolder than that? I think, I think Deshaun Watson starts a game for the Houston Texans this year. There you go. That's <laughs> that, I feel like that's bold. <laughs> that's bold, bro. That is. Bold. I'll go there. I, I dude. I mean, look. It, it, it's also pretty bold to say I say Deshaun Watson starts a game this year. <laughs> like, like that, that's kind of also bold. Like the whatever. You asked bold. I'm giving you bold. You said don't come out here with any of that weak stuff, and I said Carolina's making the playoffs, and you were like not not bold enough, and I was like okay. 
Houston's I mean, going to start Deshaun Watson this year. Look, hey, hey, if you if if he does that, that is a bold move by everyone involved. Because like the way Watson's talked about this team, he really hates Houston, and I get why he does. <laughs> like they traded everyone and everything away for nothing. They traded didn't. How do you only get a second round pick back for DeAndre Hopkins? That's got to be like one of the worst trades in NFL history. It has to be. I don't know. Um. Anyway, for me, David my... Johnson too. They got David Johnson. Also. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The the amazing David Johnson. <laughs> he's he's just he's just he he's he's running through people in uh in Houston, isn't he? Um. But yeah. Look, my bold prediction, and again, I'm a homer, but I think this legitimately could happen, even with the injury to J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens will have three 1,000 yard rushers this year, and I and look look. It legitimately can happen. Lamar Jackson's gonna rush for a thousand yards. Gus Edwards is the is the starter. He's he's had like seven, eight hundred yard rushing season before, and that's like mixing in with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. He's gonna have a thousand yards. Those two are guaranteed. And then there's like another thousand. Ravens always run for three thousand yards. I'm like, there's another thousand out there. And I like this kid, Jalen Hill. We drafted him in the fourth round a few years ago. He produced his rookie year a little bit and in, the, in the rotation. Wasn't in the rotation at all because we had like three running backs. Sorry, four if you count Lamar Jackson. It was insane. I think he's going to step up. And we're, Ravens are going to... I think the first team in NFL history that has three 1,000-yard uh, rushers. And everyone's just going to... Everyone's just still going to be like, well, they don't pass the ball enough. And then... And somehow that's gonna be that's gonna be all they're gonna say. They're like, oh well, we have three one thousand yard rushers, but they don't pass the ball enough. Like that, that that's gonna be the uh, the old uh, thing. But yeah, anything else? Um, no, nah, I mean that's that's my bold. That's my bold bold take. I, well, I, no, I, I, know, uh... I was like anything else, like final take or whatever. Anything on your mind about sports that you want to uh, get off your chest? I. I'm done with the Mets, or I'm back in on the oh, Mets. Oh, did you hear about what happened to your uh, – or, or, or wait, you're a Mets fan, right? I'm a Mets fan. Did you hear what happened to your uh, your old uh, GM? It was your GM, right? So, acting GM. We're now moving on to the understudy GM, I think, right? Because that's what you get after <laughs> the acting GM. GM. So, we, so, so the season started, the Mets GM – before the season even started, right? Let, so, all right, I got to even go back a step because last year – Carlos Beltran was their manager until he wasn't because of the cheating thing. And uh, he never even managed a game for the team. So that was, that's one guy in the past two years who was going to have a big role with the Mets and never even got to even like put on the Jersey or anything that was never even part of the team this year, new ownership. They bring in a new team president who was the old GM who's now the team president um, and then he hires a GM who had to get fired before the season even started because of like some uh, inappropriate text messages he was sending to, to female reporters, which was very, very bad. Um, so then they named an acting GM who this afternoon, it came out that he recently got busted for a DUI. So the acting GM, who's technically not even a full-time GM, uh, I, I don't know what is happening that the Mets have just kind of done the classic, like, you know, we're looking into this. So for the moment, he's still the acting GM, but yeah, I don't know what happens. 
an acting GM. I mean, this is just on top of the whole thumbs down thing that was happening all week. So, oh my I mean, god, that shit that was so over. okay, okay, just ridiculous. I, if you're a fan, if you're a fan, I get being pissed off that there was no I, need for I them. I was totally fine with it. Then they put right, the whole no, but, statement but, out. They, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I saw the statement. I was like, there's no need for you to comment on this. It, it's just like let it be. It's gonna go away. It, it's not a thing. Like, let the fan. The fans are gonna vent. Hobby's uh, gonna. Hobby's gonna. Like, you know, like. Do what he does. He's gonna be hobby. Fans are gonna be like, "Hey, learn to hit, and then, and then we'll stop booing you." And let them figure it out. You don't need to. You don't need to be like, you know, like, okay, hey, we, we as the Mets, like, like you're, you're like the one energy. You don't interject yourself and make drama out of nothing. Like it was so stupid. I was, I saw that. And I was like, I'm not even a Mets. I hate the Mets. And 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 like even I was like, dude, that's just like that's just a terrible like. It's just dumb. It's it's unnecessary. Don't do it. Right. Especially even to have ownership come out and be like, our players are mean and rude for this, and our fans are allowed to boo. Like that. It was it was ridiculous. I would have rather. Uh, Hobby's gonna take love. Hobby's gonna love playing for the Mets after that, isn't he? Uh, yeah. I'm. I was saying. I was like, these guys are. It's gonna suck the fun out of it, and and they're gonna hate playing here, and everybody's gonna leave in free agency because you know it's gonna be a miserable place to play. But. They've won four in a row. They're only two games under 500 now, and they're only six games back of the Atlanta Braves. So I'm not back in, but I'm kind of back in. Hey, bro, you're not the only one who's had trouble with their, uh, with, with their like, executives of their baseball uh, teams. Dude, our, uh, the Nats, our VP resigned because he refused to get the COVID shot. So, oh, yeah. I mean— so we're, I mean, look, hey, we're, we're in a complete rebuild anyway, dude. The only thing we have to lean on is the last remaining month of uh, Ryan Zimmerman's career, which, by the way, I'm going to go to, like, all of the games for the Ryan Zimmerman farewell tour in at Nats Park. It's going to be amazing. It's my favorite player. The reason I love baseball, the reason I am a Nats fan, big old Invader Zim. I'm uh, glad we got him a World Series before he left. Um, yeah, uh, so... Yeah, yeah. Mets gonna met, boo, dude. I I said this to my friend. Like, s- new owners, same Mets. I, it's what I, I've been saying it all year. S O M, same old Mets. Chaos magnets. They are chaos magnets. It's all that they are. Exactly. Hey, hey. Maybe uh, may, maybe they can get some of those kids that uh, maybe they can take some PR advice from B- Bishop Sycamore. They they like say what you want. Maybe those those kids they they got it done. <laughs> they got on ESPN. Um. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, the Lions have a kicker. That's all I'm gonna say. I will finally, close with that. Finally. Everybody was very upset. They were like, "Dan Campbell's being too much of a man." I was like, "Again, we're we're afraid of, of men here in in society now." And it's like, you know what? Dan Campbell's just a good guy who wants to win football games, and he picked up Austin Seibert, Oklahoma legend. Uh, played a little bit with the Browns and the Bengals the past couple of years, so now he's on to Detroit, and uh, got a kicker. Detroit's got a kicker. <laughs> The fluid fifty three stays fluid. The funniest thing about like kick, like I realized about kickers is, I just realized this year that every year the Ravens have had a uh, a a they brought on another kicker in the preseason, not to compete with Justin Tucker because Justin Tucker is apparently on a kick count. Like that hammy <laughs> is like the most expensive. It's the most expensive kicking leg in the entire NFL. I'm just like, of course they would. Like he's the only kicker in NFL history who's like been on a kick count. Like his like most of his career. Is that and hey hey, he's automatic. 
unless you know unless fucking what's his name uh who's that fox that fox guy joe buck says oh well he's not gonna miss this oh he missed shit well the the other thing about the Ravens kicker, and then this is way too much on on special teams and kickers right now. Oh, it's never is, too again, much on special teams, bro. Look at the Pat McAfee show. Look how big that. That's what I'm trying to be. Let's go. <laughs> the, 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 this is the longest you'll hear me talk about specialists all year. But the funny thing about the Ravens kickers is that every off season when they bring a guy in, that guy winds up also being very good, and they wind up trading that guy and getting something for him. Like it, it makes no sense. Last year, able. dude. Last year we traded uh, Kyrie Vidvedic for yeah, a fifth round pick that we turned that. that we turned into <laughs> Calais Campbell. It's just the way the NFL works, bro. The Ravens win <laughs> when it comes to like moving players. And then you know what's funny? Vidvedic got cut before the season. Yeah, because he, he never he was makes shit. the team. He never makes the team. Kyrie Vidvedic never makes the team. I used to see him every preseason with the Ravens. It's like, oh, this guy's always good, and he's always on the Ravens practice squad, and they always bring him back. And they finally traded him last year, and they got a draft pick. I mean. John Harbaugh, special teams guy, knows how to find kickers. That's probably all there is to it. And that's all there is. He's just waiting for the right opportunity and the right sucker. And he got his sucker in the Minnesota yep. Vikings. Hey, yeah. the biggest suckers in the NFL. Anyway, last thing I will say as we are about to go off the air, hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this right now. Last thing I will say, we have some breaking news, actually, about Cam Newton. So Cam Newton has signed. Yes, you heard it here. Cam Newton has signed a a contract with, wait for it, Bishop Sycamore High School. Uh... Glad to see Cam land on his feet after uh, what had to be, you know, a pretty tough few days. But, hey, man, I can't wait to see him on ESPN uh, playing with other people who are probably just as old, if not older than him, <laughs> <laughs> against other high school players. But, uh, but yeah, so we'll see. So we'll see what I hope Cam lands on his feet. That's what I'll say. Uh, legitimately, I hope he does. Because, hey, he's got – he could have an RG – here's the thing. Cam Newton could be to another quarterback what RG3 was for Lamar Jackson like the past two years. Like, I'm serious. He could, like, 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 if I'm like Kyler Murray, I'd be like, yeah, I want him as my backup. He doesn't, he's not going to play, but he could tell me what not to do when running, you know, like, because Cam Newton's. Could he? He gets hurt a lot. <laughs> well, no, that's the, that's the point. You, uh, you tell me what not to do. Like, I mean, Cam Newton's body just failed him now. Like, that's it, just what it is. And he just, it's weird. He, I think he just can't adapt to being a pocket passer. And I'm not saying he can't. I'm just, he hasn't at this point. Like, but it is what it is. Anyway, Ben. It'll Love to have a, you on, man. Yeah, it'll it'll be a fun Hall of Fame debate in you know twenty years or whatever when Cam Newton's up on the Veterans Committee. So that'll uh, that'll be a fun. It'll, yeah, that, that's yeah, it's gonna be one of those things. We'll see. Anyway, top, ben, top thirty in uh, rushing touchdowns, and all the thirty above them are all pretty good. Ooh, so give it five years. Give it five yeah. years, man. It's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be a whole host of quarterbacks who are gonna come up for that. Like, but we'll see. Cam Newton did revolutionize the game, though, and I am revolutionizing. I'm trying to revolutionize the podcast game. <laughs> oh, be uh, so if you want to be part of that revolution, join us Friday for our AEW All Out live preview, where we're gonna break down all the matches on the card. So subscribe to the channel pod uh, notification bell all that jazz it's an off day for me today but it's okay because i made it through ben thank you for coming on always love to have you glad to be here and i, I think we're both warriors for doing two and a half hours of uh of this 
football, though. It's football. It's football. It's football. It's football. I'm ready for football. I'm I so can ready feel for it. football. The NFL kicks off in a week. Right? No, a week and a half. Or actually, a week and a day. Week. Call it a week. By the Call time you hear Call this, if you're listening on your podcast, by the time you hear this, we're a week away from football. God bless America. We'll see you next time.